Hello and welcome everybody to the Melomancy Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how Nintendo finally catching up to the fold with $70 games. My name's Dylan. My name's Victim. And I'm Rick. And you know that game's going to sell like hotcakes because it's fucking Zelda, but I'm sure I'm still not going to play it. Listen, I'm a very simple man. I see Breath of the Wild and I, I'll, I'll put my fucking money down. If they re-released the first one on a better system than the Switch, I would have probably bought it a second time. I um, I I was infatuated with that game. But yeah, I mean, all it means is my wallet will hurt more now. That's great. Awesome. Thanks, Nintendo. Sony was already fucking me in the wallet. <laughs> I can't believe they did that. So, so for some context, dear listeners, you should know uh, today is the 8th of February. I, I have to say the dates now because it's we're not live at the moment, so we're going to be editing the show afterwards and then releasing it a couple days later or a week later if I'm real fucking behind. Some of the stuff we talk about might be, hopefully won't be irrelevant in, by the time the episode comes out, but I feel like it's important to point out the, the day of the week. It's the 8th of February. The Nintendo Direct just happened, and the only thing I gave a shit about was the Xenoblade news. So, Vic, did you see it? I have not. I did not watch it. Yeah, I was building, or well, taking apart my PC all day today, unfortunately. <laughs> the things you do for air. <laughs> had to be done. So, the Xenoblade uh, trailer dropped for the DLC. So, as you know, just like Xenoblade 2 before it, there is a Seasons Pass with four DLC drops, three little in-game things for the main game, and then the fourth one is like a short full game that's a weird word to say a short full game it's like actual dlc from the olden days right it's a new campaign with different characters you start at level one and you play a whole ass game it's just shorter because it's a little dlc thing and when they remade uh xenoblade chronicles one uh they also released something similar but it wasn't dlc it was just there at launch which was nice but um xenoblade 3 is getting their little chapter and the main characters from one and two are in it and they're aged up a little bit and they look fucking great. They look fucking fantastic. Like adult Rex dual wielding swords. Like I'm down. I, I've already given them my money because I bought the seasons pass, but I'm so fucking ready. You wouldn't believe like the, it, the teaser was like 15 seconds. Like we know absolutely nothing about why these characters are here and how it makes sense or when it fucking takes place. But I'm playing that shit day one. <laughs> Even more of a fire under my ass. I know. When are you going to start playing? I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, Vic. Uh, soon. With all the other games that you've got in the backlog, when are you going to yeah. start playing? Now the cooler is in, I can play near again. He can play video games again, everybody. Yeah. Games are back. We mentioned this at the end of the last episode, Vic, but why don't we go over from the top in a little bit more detail. What the fuck happened to your computer? Okay, so what I did was I bought a, uh, I bought a 3060 Ti... I bought a Ryzen 9 5900X and I bought 32 gigs of RAM to put into my PC. Uh, basically buying a whole new fucking PC at that point, really. I reinstalled Windows on my SSD because I had just been being lazy about that up to this point. And everything was going great until I thought, oh boy, I, you know, I should monitor my, my temperature to make sure everything's good. Turns out everything was not good. Uh, everything was very bad, in fact. So I had to wait two and a half weeks to get a cooler shipped to me. Um, it gets here, and it turns out it doesn't fucking fit in my PC. <laughs> Perfect. So I... I tried to avoid that. I, I tried. I, 
I conceded. I said, you know what? I'm not sending it back. Or I guess concede. I did not concede. I went to war. I went to war with this fucking thing. And so I got it. I got it in. It, it's in there nicely. Um, the only thing is that one of the fans is extended a bit above the heat sink. Um, and it's uh, and the fans were reversed, which I, I looked up and made sure that's that's a thing that you can do. It, the, the manufacturer said it would be okay. So I was like, okay, cool, awesome. Like, wait, the fans are... Fans are reversed how? So, uh, normally they would both point towards your RAM. Mm -hmm. I have them pointing towards the back of my case. That's how they should be pointing. Well, according to them, no. But that's all right. Well, there's <laughs> But they, they can get... Well, according to them, it can be either way, I suppose. But the, the goal of fans in your PC case is to create a wind tunnel, right? It should be going in one direction, yeah. right? With the exception of, like perpendicular fans like your cpu fan pointing up like my like your old one and my current one right yeah because that's just sucking in air from the tunnel you've created and pushing it on a really hot component so the entire purpose is to create a wind tunnel and you got that hyper evo fucking like skyscraper fucking <laughs> cooler yeah. and um it's so tall that the fans are mounted the same direction as your case fans <laughs> but yeah i mean it, 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 it realistically this works out better. I can still see my rainbow colored RAM. Hell yeah. Um, and it all, it all works great. Uh, I actually real quick uh, to make sure I, uh, the cooler was working properly. I booted up cyberpunk. It's the, the, the heftiest game I got at the moment and all, everything on ultra, uh, like pretty much everything maxed out uh, close to as maxed as I can get it at the moment. And I think I was getting like 56 frames in motion uh, which I can tweak a couple things down and that'll go perfect. But um, yeah, no, I only hit 68 degrees Celsius uh, running around randomly shooting and having things exploding. And so everything was fucking perfect. It, I, it just required me to cut up my hand and waste four hours trying to fit this damn thing on my fucking computer. That's pretty funny. So soon you can go back to your, your gamer roots of uh, not looking at temps ever. Right? <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, I mean, I'll keep it open. In case, like, I don't know, the thermal paste could always be something wild on me, I guess. But I think everything should be fine. Mm -hmm. So I, I know you're committed to, to finishing Nier, but what is the schedule? Is, is Xenoblade actually next, or did you have something else in mind? Not next. So it, it, what I'm thinking I'm going to do is it'll be... Actually, let me get it up real quick. I think it'll be Xenoblade into... Or not Xenoblade, sorry. Replicant, Nier Replicant into Scarlet Nexus into Persona 3. And then I'm free to pick a game from then. <laughs> are, are you sure you'll be free by I'm, that point? I'm sure. So I, uh, realistically, at that point, it'll just depend on if I can secure the Switch for a time. Because I don't own it. Vic, is this a bad time to tell you that Nintendo Direct, they revealed a HD remaster of Tales of Asperia? Silence. For the Switch? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I mean, where else would they put it, Vic? I wasn't really yeah, paying attention. Uh, I, 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 sorry. <laughs> I, I, it was when I was once. I'm like, why the switch for that? Wait, did I say Vesperia? I think I meant Symphonia. Now I got to fucking fact check it. Hold on. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. If it's Symphonia, they've already announced it. That's that's something new. And uh, I, I, I won't worry about it. I like Symphonia. It's a, it's a good it's a good title. Um, if if anyone has ever played Tales of or hasn't played Tales of, I suppose uh, Symphonia is like a prequel to the first game in the series and it's a really good really good i wouldn't say it's the best but it's it's pretty solid a really good starter point um and yeah they're going to be re remaking it or remastering it when they already basically upscaled it and it's on pc now 
It, mm-hmm. It's one of those moments where, like they did not need to do that. Nobody asked for that. People asked for much more, um, which apparently they're still on the table for. But I won't gush about that too yeah. hard. Uh, I could I could be here all day telling you which Tales of game is good, which is bad, and which needs to be remade real badly. I'm pretty sure it was Symphonia because I I recognize that Lloyd dude that was on screen in the trailer. Okay, it's like, yeah, oh that, yeah, Symphonia. Yeah, yeah. That uh, unless I'm wrong, I'm I'm not a Tales of fan, so like I. I, I could be making shit up, but I, I saw it at the direct and I'm like, oh, I bet Victim would play that, I think. <laughs> Probably would, but uh, I'll hold off. They, they announced a few other things at the Nintendo Direct. Like there was the uh, Pikmin 4. We got the first trailer. It looks like it takes place on Earth. We saw uh, there, we got a release date for the new Zelda game. It's in the month that starts with five. What's that? March, April, May? Uh, Mar- March May. is three, April. Yeah, May. <laughs> the month that starts with five. Uh, sorry. Um, so that's coming. It's going to be 70 bucks. <laughs> to be fair, I'm not that good at remembering that shit either. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Uh, there was a bunch of JRPGs mentioned, uh, including a HD remake of Batten Kaitos 1 and 2. Uh, that's kind of cool. I never played Batten Kaitos, but I always really admired the magazine ads they would take out in my favorite gaming mags when I was young. Right? Because I was like, this aesthetically looks like a really cool game. Too bad I don't have a GameCube. Uh, <laughs> that's the thought that would go through my head. But I guess it's some yeah. kind of like JRPG card battler, so I probably would have hated it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Surely that can be fun. Um, I guess it's not quite the same thing, but uh, the adva- uh, Game Boy Advance Kingdom Hearts was pretty fun. And that was that was kind of what it was. Okay, that's that's fair. So, I mean, like it really just depends on how they handle it. That's it. That's the ultimate thing, right? Speaking of handhelds, uh, Advance Wars 1 and 2, uh, we already knew that remake was coming. I think there's a release date. They they sewed a teaser trailer. It didn't have any gameplay in it. I think I saw a release date. I don't remember what it fucking was. Uh, because all I saw was Xenoblade, and I kind of tuned out of the rest. And they covered that shit in the beginning of the fucking direct. Oh, perfect. <laughs> yeah, what, what is up with them doing that? Like, uh, right. the Pyre and Mithra reveal for Smash was at the... Uh, I think that was at the beginning of a, of a Direct 2, wasn't it? And I I follow a bunch of people that I think uh, you've since unfollowed because of the spoilers, right? Uh, only one. But okay. Yeah. But I, I follow, like, three of those dudes, right? That that make videos about Xenoblade. They're, like, the only ones in the game right now, right? Uh, of the YouTube game for, <laughs> for Xenoblade content. But uh, uh, they were all chirping on Twitter. Of course, Twitter was, like, kind of down at the moment. Yeah, I saw that. Don't know what's up with that. <laughs> they were lim- it, well, it was they were limiting people from tweeting. It wasn't that you couldn't. It's just that like there was like a like a queue. There was a queue for tweeting. Someone forgot to pay the server bill. That's Must- all. I guess. I guess. Yeah. So, um, but their tweets finally did come through, and they were just chatting about how they, they were so surprised that they saw anything Xenoblade because they've been getting shafted for so long, right? I mean, that was really cool how we got the an entire direct for Xenoblade Chronicles 3 like right before it came out but like I didn't watch all of it I watched some of it uh but because I didn't want to spoil myself because like it's really so much better going in blind and I'm glad I didn't watch that whole direct um because like I saw like them running around with the whole party but I like kind of tuned it out and didn't pay attention right whereas for this direct like I appreciate that they told us almost nothing like it was just a teaser I recognized the characters they were showing me on screen and I bring up those guys on Twitter because uh one of them you know, very intelligently pointed out. They didn't show us what Pyre and Mytha looked like. They probably got a costume redesign, and it's probably awesome. <laughs> I can't fucking wait. Mm. I mean, you know, they've gotten older. I bet their chests got larger, right? I mean, we'll see. <laughs> oh, maybe Nia's chests grew in. Well, 
It's complicated. I don't want to spoil anything. It's complicated. I can't. I can't say in front of victim. I don't want to spoil anything. Um, no, 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 no. It's all good. Uh, Look, it, if they're aging up all the characters, right? I mean, the, you should see the the fucking trailer with Rex in it. It's like he looks like a totally different dude. Now, I was sad to find out that his voice actor did not reprise the role. He has a deeper voice. I thought they would just bring his voice actor back and then just have him do a gruffier voice because he's obviously like grizzled and old now, right? That's a bit sad, but yeah, I mean, it's not like it, it, it's a pretty common precedent to get new voice actors for like time differences. Right. So that's not the end of the world. Like, I, I'm not mad at them for that, but you're right. That would have been cool, mm-hmm. especially if he was learning to do a gruff voice. I know people hated that about Rex, but mm, as a fucking voice acting nerd, dude, that that was like that was peak. I know. I love how he just got got better over the course of the game at acting like I, I can fully understand why people like dipped. Like, like the first fucking sign of it. I don't blame people for it, in fact. I just... I'm really glad I stuck with it, though. Yeah. I, I probably would not forgive you if you didn't. I, I made it very clear you need to keep it on. <laughs> when you were playing uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Fuck, I missed that game. One yeah. of these days, I'll replay it. That's one of the perks of the Switch, I guess, is that all the games are physical. Oh, my games are all physical, right? So, like... Yeah, Nintendo still believes in physical games. The only mm-hmm. game I have that isn't physical is Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, I have a few digital games on the Switch, but yeah, you can still get them digital. But Nintendo makes physical copies of all of their games as well. One of the benefits of Japan being stuck in their ways is that some of the things you should probably be stuck in your ways with they they are. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I can't say that you Sony is the pioneer of we don't do physical copies anymore. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think that it's one of those things. The that, honor like, of brew, Nintendo <laughs> versus the <laughs> heinous upstart Sony. Yeah, I. I feel like it's one of those moments where, like, you. It, it is perfectly fine to move forwards, but it doesn't mean that we have to do away with the old. And I get it; it costs money to make discs. But honestly, considering they're more like memorabilia right now, you want to charge me ten more fucking dollars for a game? Allow me to buy it physically. Well, that would actually makes sense if they cost ten more dollars oh, and we can exactly. still get physical copies because that was the primary like reason why games costed so much before was one way you pay it but also the physical distribution costs money the digital distribution costs basically nothing even on the scale that they're distributing at yeah i think i think people estimated that in the digital era, the way that we have it, it should be at about $50 a game. What they are charging is ridiculous. Yes, they, they're making money hand over fist. Oh, I say they as though the developers are getting money hand over fist. <laughs> no, they're, they're getting... Fuck, I think some video game developers still get paid fucking minimum wage, depending on where you well, live. Well, it's pretty low. Like, I there was this Twitter thread a while back. Yeah, that might be me exaggerating that for the record, but... Yeah, so this Twitter thread, right? I forget the hashtag, but a bunch of like people in the industry were like just like spilling the beans on their salaries at their previous jobs and current jobs if they're willing, right? Which culturally in America is typically seen as a no-no, but it's only like that to stop people from asking for more money, right? Um, like that's yeah, really... it's to fight fair wages, right? So um, you should absolutely not keep your wage to yourself. You should tell everyone uh, because everyone should bargain for what they're worth, right? That's just uh, how it works. We're not in a union in most cases. <laughs> so it's like you're on your own. Well, even if you are, fuck. Oh, if you're in a union, you're just fucked anyway. You just don't have a choice. Uh, but <laughs> well, you're, you're fucked if they want you to be fucked. I guess is kind of how that one goes, right? Right. 
So it was a hashtag, not a thread, but a bunch of these people like dumped their wages. And I saw people at like not junior roles, like senior and mid-level, like programming developer roles at companies like Bioware, Blizzard, fucking studios you've heard of. Right. And I think the biggest number I saw was 70,000 a year. And that's not much for the amount of bullshit they put up with. Yeah. No, it is not. Especially considering half of them don't even really want to be game developers half the time nowadays. Like yeah. game developing is not what it was when it like when these people were going to school to become game developers, right? The ones that wanted to be developers. It was wildly different. Yeah. Like a lot of them grew up in the era of two men in a garage making a real company its software. Yeah, like Quake as well. Both of those kind of were like we're nobodies in the and then suddenly we're somebody. Right. And that's like what they idolize. And so when they get into the real world and it's like, oh, I need to go to my daily stand up scrum meeting and then I'm going to code for eight hours straight and drink all the free Red Bull in the office and get yelled at in my one on one with my boss. Right. And then walk home with only 70 grand a year uh, and no bonus and and no stocks. And it's like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> and then you're getting laid off the moment the game drops. Right. Oh, and don't worry. They're cutting back on all those uh, free office perks, too. Yeah, probably. Uh, oh, no, they are. That was coming out as like uh, a lot of the tech companies that were getting like the cool things like um, what was it? Massages, I think, was the one that they're talking about. They're having to let their massage therapists go because, you know, they just can't afford them anymore. That's so crazy. Like I live in the corporate world, right? I've had some prestigious jobs so far, right? But like I've never had fucking free foot massage. Like who the fuck has these jobs? It's not yeah. it's not people working at Google. I know those people. It, and it's funny, too. My sister works for the government. Uh, I won't say, obviously, I won't say um, where, The but, government doesn't but, do shit for you. But uh. you know, I, I found this out, uh, you know, especially the current government in, in Canada. They're, they're our big shtick is, you know, mental health and all that other stuff, which, you know, it sounds great on paper until you realize they really don't actually give a fine fuck. Uh, she got, I think it was like, it was like less than $500 a year towards like therapy costs or some shit i'm like so you get like four sessions if that like you get four really shitty sessions like mm, congratulations this is the last of a fucking year what does uh does yeah. your government give one extra session if you show up to work in blackface or maybe maybe that's what she's missing no i bet they give extra sessions if uh you run out of money and they need to uh put you down for the good yeah. of the government. All right. <laughs> they give you a session of therapy before they before they put the needle in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just a, a free session and a, and then a free termination with your termination. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Fucking Canada. It's so weird. I I have no idea what it's like to live there. It must be hell. It it's one of those moments where like it's it's still largely easy to ignore. Like it genuinely is something that like if you just are like you you can sit down, look direct or look forward, and it's not that big a deal. But the issue comes in when you start to realize that things are kind of just burning at the edges of your like your peripheral vision. So it's um, yeah, it should be interesting in the next couple of years. We'll see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, anyway, I think it's time for the elephant in the room. It's not really an elephant, but it's a hippogriff. Yeah, it's, it's more it's... of a hippogriff. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> That's a potential episode title. Let me write that down.
the hippogriff in the room. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's fucking excellent. Um, but anyway, so we can't call ourselves a gaming podcast if we don't cover Hogwarts Legacy. So for all intents and purposes, this is the biggest story in gaming right now. So dear listener, what I want to do for you, since you might be listening in the distant future of 2040 when all this shit's irrelevant and we're all dead, or maybe uh, 2030 when it's still irrelevant and we're alive. I don't know. Uh, so what I'd like to do is sort of like lay out the controversy surrounding this game and then uh, explain both sides and, and give you my take. We're going to go in that order. So without further ado, dear listener. So in order to understand what happened, I need to set the stage a little bit. So there's this game, Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy. I forget the name of the studio that makes it, but more importantly, it's Warner Brothers Games publishing it, right? Yeah, Warner it's, it's their new studio. Uh, I right. forget Port what it's. Oh, yeah. It's uh, called Portkey Studio, which is, again, it's like 343 calling themselves something from a Halo. This it's is a what reference. they're going to do. Oh, that's clever. So yeah. it's the studio that WB spun up to make uh, Harry Potter video games. Obviously, Harry Potter is a very large franchise for Warner Brothers. For those who don't know, in like the 90s, uh, this book series came out. It got a lot of people to read books. It's a children's story about wizards. It feels weird to explain it to, I was about to say. someone in the future because it's like think but think about this Vic like there are people alive today that never played Metal Gear Solid and have no idea anything about that franchise at all I feel like there's just certain things that if you touch the the medium you should know I feel like even if you don't like it if you read a book or watch movies you should know what Harry Potter is the same way if you play video games you should know what the fuck Metal Gear Solid is what the fuck is wrong with you random <laughs> viewer we pulled out of our ass I know right well <laughs> you could not know anything about Metal Gear Solid, though. Like, I suppose, yeah, that's a good point. You know of it, but nothing about it. Right. I've never played a single Metal Gear game except for uh, Metal Gear Solid Five because I could get that one on PC when it was mm. new. Yeah. Yeah. So. So it's like, and I think I dragged you through Metal Gear Solid Four. Like I played it in front of you and Jordan because Jordan Revengeance. hadn't seen it. His... You, you did Revengeance for me. Oh. I don't. You did. I think you did some of four for me because I remember you showing me the stress, the uh, funny scene where uh, he loses all his uh, like mental stability mm. when uh, he can't pull the trigger or he pulls the trigger and nothing happens. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The, it the was merchant. the ending. I showed you the ending because Jordan was surprised uh, to hear that the ending was like, what, three hours long or some shit, right? Depends on where you start counting. <laughs> right. And you... You showed me the end of the game and the beginning of the game. I think you skipped all the boring middle stuff because it's not <laughs> important. It's important uh, to well, me, not, but... Right, but it's important. It's not important if you don't, haven't played the other games, basically. Exactly. So, uh, I, I, it feels weird to explain what the fuck Harry Potter is the same way it feels weird to explain what Metal Gear is, but I think we're quickly going to live in a world where we can't take that shit for granted anymore. So, that's why... I bring it up. But anyways, it's a really popular book from the 90s that had some really popular movies in the 2000s. Uh, that is a billion dollar franchise now about wizards. And however, much like other billion dollar franchises like Marvel and Star Wars, if you look at it really closely, it actually isn't very well written. That's, you know, true of most popular things. If it was well written, it wouldn't be popular. <laughs> yeah, I, I, ah. that's something I've noticed. I, I feel like to, for something to be popular, it doesn't necessarily need to be written well or, or even unique in, in some capacity. It really just needs to play to someone's bias. And, and the more the large that bias is, the easier it is to become really big. Like, 
think about how many people watch Shonen anime and and they fucking lose their mind at every single new one and they say it's the best fucking thing they've ever seen because it's a lot of action, it's really fucking flashy, it's fun to watch and that's all people I mean, that's a large chunk of people all they care about. And so it it becomes one of the best things ever when in reality it's probably the same fucking story fed back to you for the 80th time. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all for it. So Harry Potter, right? Let me explain. So I have a very strange relationship with the Harry Potter franchise. Like I watched all the movies. I enjoyed watching the movies, but I didn't like, except for the first like four, I didn't really watch them repeatedly as I got older. Right. My sister loved the books and she equally loved the movies as well. But, um, we had a bit of a sibling rivalry, uh, and you know, she likes this thing. So I'm going to go like something else. It was, I mean, I didn't hate it, but it's like, I I didn't dive in like she did. Because uh, I wanted to be different, right? So yeah. Whereas all they were to me was background noise, so my ex girlfriend's par- uh, parents wouldn't hear us. <laughs> Amazing. But uh, besides the point, victim. Um, hey, so, it's the truth. If anything, he's being more heinous. Like we're gonna have to put him down. <laughs> yeah. It's like how? Hey, we were kids at the time. It's not that weird. How dare you engage with this material for your own benefit? <laughs> you were thinking with your penis. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, back to the story, right? So J.K. Rowling, the author, right? Kind of a piece of garbage. So for context, I, in the past, have been that asshole who likes to point out that, you know, there's some inconsistencies with the Harry Potter and the author, J.K. Rowling, says a lot of stupid shit on Twitter about, like, retconning shit in the, that happens in the book. Like, she'll fucking oh, post tweets God, yeah. about how people in the magic school, Hogwarts, right, will use, they didn't have toilets back in the day uh, when they were studying magic before toilets were invented or some shit. And so they would use magic to, like, make the poop go away. That sounds like horrible fan fiction. She fucking wrote that in a tweet, right? Wait, really? Okay, I missed that, that one. That's fucking stupid. That wasn't a joke. Like, like, it's okay if she wants to say, oh, the, the time period was like this so that they, they shit out a tower uh, hole or they shit in a bucket and threw it out a window or anything. You know, they, they want to be historically correct. It's like they didn't have a spell for that, so they had to do it the old-fashioned way. It's like, you know what? I'll fucking accept that. That's perfectly acceptable, and it sets a fucking precedent. That's cool. And they fucking magicked their poop away? Yep. <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> they magicked it away. Into what the did poop it realm. When Leviosa did, like, out the window? Because it, it hitting the fucking lawn wasn't enough. It had to hit the fucking tree 50 yards out. Yep. Maybe they launched it, like a knockback curse. Like, Look, something fuck, I've I noticed, it, like, something that we have to understand is that wizards are fucking stupid. They have magic, <laughs> but, like, Everything else eludes them because they have magic. Yeah, to my understanding, magic in the Harry Potter universe isn't so much like a thing of intelligence. It's more of a thing of experience and aptitude. So, yep, you can learn it over time, even if you are the dumber. If you're dumber than rocks, yeah, man. like I, that's how I how I always understood it. Yeah, even nobles can learn it. Okay. Yep, that's why it's dumb. Uh, so. This, this lady has posted some stupid shit. Now, I bring up that example because that is, like, irredeemably stupid. There are other instances that are a little on the fence. For example, she retconned that the headmaster guy uh, was gay. Uh, Dumbledore, Dumbledore was gay. Yeah. And Hermione was black. Yep. But, like, for the Dumbledore scenario, like, some people picked apart the literature and they tried to, like, make it make sense. Uh, but some people would argue that it's just not there. She's making it up. 
right? For po- for points. Yeah, I think it was in the prequel that was done, which I think happened afterwards. So Fantastic the, oh, no. there were prequel yes. movies where he was absolutely 100% homosexual. Yeah. But and then however, people still said that they didn't make him gay enough. Funny enough, but right. either way. It was about the time she finished the book series that she came out and said Dumbledore was gay. Mm-hmm. Like it was in that middle ground 10 years when there was no Harry Potter like media being produced. Yeah, which is fine to some extent, but she didn't need to tell us. It's one of those things that like a gay character should realistically be no different than any other character. Being gay doesn't intrinsically make you different from other people. <laughs> and right. So it's like, it's like, okay, but her, the fact that she has to tell us that that's the weird part. Yes. Mm-hmm. She has to tell us, but also I have to point out the time that it this was in yes a gay character 100 percent would have to be different than their straight peers otherwise yeah, it wouldn't be too. good mm-hmm. quote unquote or or it wouldn't have been accepted it would have been considered uh yes dumb although realistically mm-hmm. it would have been pandering otherwise so also these books yeah. were written in the 90s and in the 90s we had this thing called the satanic panic where anything dungeons yeah. and dragons or wizards or magic related uh was just seen as satanic and they would like you know really like I forgot oh, Harry Potter kind of got encompassed in the big time. Yep. Yeah. So this is actually one of the key things that I want to get on when we get to that point, though, is that the moral guardians have changed co- colors from uh, red to blue. Yeah. <laughs> so let me set the stage for that part of the story, because that's actually super interesting. So a little bit more about the source material that you need to know to kind of understand why this happened. Right. Is um, so in these books. Right ignoring for a minute that these are books for children that have some plot holes and poor writing like a lot of people love these fucking books right so a lot of people who don't like the series will try to like overanalyze its quality and it's like they know you convince no one it was written for children it's like trying to tell a marvel fan that their movies are bad they know i hope (laughs) uh, i expect my third act skybeam and cgi army yeah, every time without fail. So in in the Harry Potter book series, there's um there's these goblins, which are a major character for group of people in the the new video game that we're going to talk about in a minute. Uh, and these goblins, they look like goblins, right? They have like uh, big noses and they're short. And for some oh, reason, like Dobby, I think was one of them, wasn't he? No, those are house elves, and they're based off Santa elves, basically. Like Santa like elves? they're short and stubby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the goblins in the Harry Potter franchise have these like big like hook noses and for some uh, I don't know what she was thinking but for some reason they control the banks. <laughs> yup. So um that's a little weird and a lot of people will say that this is an anti-Semitic stereotype and I can see where they're coming from a little bit. If she keeps her mouth shut, it's not that big of a deal, but it, it, let's be real, we all know what it is. <laughs> it's like I want to give her the benefit of a doubt because I don't think goblins are inherently anti-Semitic because a lot of people who make the argument that the Harry Potter goblins are anti-Semitic will also say that every goblin is anti-Semitic, even the Lord of the Rings ones. They're the same people who are trying to like break down Lord of the Rings Orcs into a black. bunch of racial stereotypes. Right. And I'm not down with that argument for a lot of reasons that I'm not no, going to get either. into today. However, in the fucking movie, the bank that they shot the the movie at the movies at the bank where the goblins reign has a, a, a star of David on the floor because that was a real fucking bank that really had that on the floor. So, oh, that's unfortunate. But that was that not is so a unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, that is not a rallying choice though, because right. the movie, like, all she had to do was say, "Yeah, script looks good," 
and that is the end, beginning and well, end. She signed her name. Rash. That was it. So, she she yeah. was only ever a consultant on pretty much everything that wasn't directly the books. Right. At that time, but consultant. So consultant, when we're talking about moving IP from like book to movie, is basically, hey, how does the script look to you? They don't really get to consult on like the visuals. No, I mean, I mean, they might. It just depends. It, it, it's one of those ones. Where, like, it's really hard to say. She probably didn't get to watch the movie ahead of time or anything, or at least ahead of any time where they could have retconned or fixed shit. I'm happy to give her a benefit of a doubt there. Uh, however, at the end of the series, Wizard Hitler uh, is defeated, and the main character becomes a cop. And during the entire course of the series, main character man who was obscenely rich. He didn't find out he was rich until like the first book when he gets put into this world of wizard people, right? Uh, the, yep. the guy that brings them in is like, hey, look, your parents left this for you. It's a, a vault full of gold. Meanwhile, he never yeah. uses his money to help anyone. Not even his poor best friend who lives in At, he poverty. Does, he does buy him all the entire candy on the train. Like the cart that has all of the candy on the train. Yeah, like honestly, he is... Like the kind of like being rich just nets you thing, because like he does when his uh, first broom breaks, his second broom is gifted to him. It's like he forgets he's rich. Pretty much outside of the first book, they don't really touch on him being rich very often. Yeah, uh, funny enough, I thought about this, and I actually figured that's why they made Ron's family win the wizard lottery. Um, yeah. was just so being poor was no longer a plot point. That way she could remove money because kids don't give a shit about money. This they is escapism not. fantasy. Any kid that's poor wants to just have the fantasy of not caring mm -hmm. about money. That is also, the fantasy for it, them. These books cater to misfit children, right? The idea that there's this other world that'll whisk you away and you can be, you know, somebody that you're not um, because your life at home is shitty. Like, a lot of people really resonate with that and they are really protective of the book, right? It's like super mm -hmm. important to them. So I, I said it gets worse. Uh, so JK Rowling did have a hand in writing those prequel movies that were more recently made. And yeah, do you remember the plot of those movies? Insanity. Yeah, actually I watched the pitch meetings on them. Uh, they're sometimes my background music, uh, Ryan George's pitch meetings. And uh, yeah, no, the, First movie has a coherent plot structure, and, it's and fine, then after yeah. that, we just kind of throw Newt out the window and follow uh, everything else. And things got fucky because they had to uh, deal with the fact that their main character or main villain was Johnny Depp, and that was at the he height of the Johnny De Depp as the worst man in the world because Amber mm -hmm. Heard said so. Right, so they replaced him with another guy who was really good at the job, don't get me wrong, but it sucks that they had to replace him, but they kept Ezra Miller. <laughs> well, well, Ezra Miller is untouchable. They're finishing the Flash movies. I know. Him. He kidnaps somebody, and he beats, and he, like, berates people in public and, like, fights people, like, women, and hits them. Yeah. Like, he's he's guilty of all those things. It's on fucking camera. And they kept him in the movie, but they got rid of Johnny Depp, who's an innocent man. Yep. Yeah, Wait, crazy. Johnny Depp is still unmarketable, but you know his. Well, he's coming back into it. I'm glad Amber Heard got dropped from. I think it was Aquaman. I think the... they cut the number of her scenes down. Yeah. Well, it, it had already been fully recorded, so they basically just cut back how long she was in the movie. Because I think contractually they couldn't just nuke her, 
or they'd have to pay her money. Mm-hmm. Well, either way, it is insane. But it, that's our that's a sidebar. And the plot, though, yeah, of the second movie. So Johnny Depp's character is basically trying to convince the people who are in the wizarding world that uh, they should, you know, integrate with humanity, like the the mortals, the the, the not magical people, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. his argument is, hey. It's the 40s. That Hitler guy is bad. We should just like wizard him away and like save all these people he's hurting. And then the good wizards are like, no, we must not meddle with their with their business. Let Hitler live. And they won. They saved Hitler. Wait, Wait <laughs> yeah. Hitler lives in that universe? Because it's our universe, victim. It's alternate history, right? Um, so. Yep. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But Hitler dies in the real world though. oh yeah 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 <laughs> yeah the wizards didn't intervene with their oh, crazy magic i should you mean i get you i get you okay i i misunderstood the villain was like we should intervene this dude's evil and we hold all the power in the world like we should be shepherding it and they're like no hitler must live <laughs> they didn't say it like that but that's what fucking happened and i just yeah. i cannot believe my fucking eyes <laughs> why did you write that jk rowling that's one of those things where i just wouldn't have touched it Honestly, it would have been a better choice not to touch it. I think the issue was trying to add in that ever so subtle nuance of, well, if we have the power to intervene, we shouldn't. That's what sets us apart. Yeah, and then you pick literally the worst fucking historical, well, at least in terms of like the recent. society's purview. Yeah, living, recent, recent, yeah. Yeah, with living. Memory. You know, you pick the fucking worst one you could have. Right. Like, oh. Mm, they could have done anything else, and they fucking didn't. Like it didn't have to be the 1940s that it was that it took place in. The 50s weren't much different from the 40s, like technology-wise. They could have they could have upskilled it just a bit. <laughs> Griswold or whatever in the next movie actually becomes Magic Hitler, yeah. not Voldemort Magic Hitler, but like real Magic Hitler, like political like, Magic we, Hitler. Yeah, we should uh, unite everybody together and uh, get rid of all the muggles. Oh, they call them nomads, I think, in America because reasons. But yeah. To be different. Yeah. So we need to talk about J.K. Rowling a little bit. So that context aside for the dear listeners who are in the future and have not heard of this fucking plot, that all is super important because J.K. Rowling is a canceled person, right? Of course, she's super. She's like the 10th richest woman in the world. That'll never change. But she's canceled. So she's basically the only rich woman in the world that didn't marry rich. Yeah. Yeah. One of the few. That's right. So what she canceled for? Well, there's mainly two things. Uh, there's the, the turf stuff, which we'll get into in a minute, but she's basically a turf. She identifies as a turf. She jokes about being a turf because that's what their enemies call her. And she just accepts it. And it's like, that's funny. I'm going to call myself that now. Yeah. She's kind of unhinged. <laughs> she's wearing it. Yeah. She's doing the, uh, those of you who had to read Scarlet Letter in high school, she's wearing her Scarlet Letter, essentially. The other thing she gets uh, canceled for is anti-Semitism. So uh, people will argue that the goblins in her book are Jewish caricatures, and it's like, you only put them there because you hate the Jews, and that's like their backup argument when the, the first one doesn't work. <laughs> Neither of them really work. So before I explain about what she did wrong. I actually want to skip ahead a little bit about the video game. So we'll come back to her in a second and why that's important. So right now, this video game, the early access is right fucking now, and it's coming out in two days for everyone else, right? Yeah, the 10th. The 10th of February. Yeah. So, so less than two days, but close so to. So it's only in early access for the people who pre-ordered it, right? Which is a subset of the all the people who will play it. It has broken 
the record on Twitch for a single player game for viewership. It bro- it was like 1.2 million or something in current viewers. And it is commercially very, very successful. And every review I've seen so far has been very positive, including uh, activist blogs like IGN that would normally trash this kind of thing over the reputation of its creator. So that was surprising. But let me let me get into the, the drama, right? So there's this boycott going on where for simplicity, I'm going to refer to this group of people that supports the boycott as trans rights activists. But dear listener, don't cancel me. I am aware that that's actually a dog whistle because it rhymes with men's rights activists. And so they call them trans rights activists, decided to like tie the two together because they successfully got one uh, out of political correctness and they're trying to push the other one out of political correctness. That was their plan. But it's a convenient fucking acronym. And so I'm going to use it. But I, I am aware. So we'll call them trans rights activists, which is basically trans people and their allies trans rights activists. So these people have instituted a boycott where they are basically saying, hey, you shouldn't buy this game because you'd be supporting JK Rowling. JK Rowling is a transphobe. She's super rich and giving her money enables her to eliminate us, hurt us, harm us in some way, right? They have all kinds of arguments for why supporting JK Rowling is a bad thing. And they'll go on to say things like, If you buy things, you're supporting the beliefs of its creator, which is fucking stupid, and various other arguments. Meanwhile, the other side is everyone else, which is a a sliding scale of, I don't care, what are you talking about, I don't know what these words mean, what are you talking about, I don't speak English, and trolls that are buying out of spite, because that's funny. (laughs) The size of the trolls buying it out of the spite are probably the same size as the, in this case, trans rights activist group. One thing I do want to point out, uh, you know, you'll notice this, especially in the future, listeners, is that a lot of these trans rights activists are not trans. Oh, uh, no, no, they're not. In this case. In fact, I, again, I, I have a story yeah. about one such person, uh, which I'll get into when mm. we move through a little bit more. But. Yeah, I, I want to hear it but soon. But yeah, a lot of the like groups out there a lot of the group the actual trans community is afraid to buy like publicly buy the game they you know the second steam account is that was reserved for porn is now reserved for harry potter because they don't want their friends to know like you know it's like we're wearing the wrong sports team jersey on game day kind of thing right except for this might actually get you socially uh, suicided yeah, I, 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 too, have seen like on, on like social media and looking at different opinions from people, I have seen more trans people want to play and buy the game than I have seen trans people against the game. But there are plenty of those. Don't get me wrong. Like yeah. they do exist. However, oh, sure. I, I've seen more in support than out of support. And then, of course, the majority of the people not supporting are uh, their allies, uh, which doesn't They're surprise me. They're white girls, bored white women. So let me explain a little more. So. Their argument is don't play it. It's a small thing that you could do and you didn't even do that. Like they'll make a bunch of, I want to, I want to represent their arguments in a little bit of good faith. So like, for example, uh, one of the things that they might say is I don't feel safe around you. You're proving to me that you draw the, like my, uh, fighting for my existence. You draw the line at your convenience, right? All you had to do was not buy the stupid wizard game, right? Uh, it's not like we're asking you to go without food or something because some of the people on the other side who are also pretty dumb uh, will say stupid shit like no ethical consumption under capitalism. I being a gamer, I've accepted this from the beginning. That's a dumb argument because it is. You're, you're not supposed to say 
uh, no ethical consumption under capitalism uh, for things that are luxuries. <laughs> you should reserve that for like clothes and food. So you, you shouldn't make that argument. Like I'm with them there. Uh, however, like viciously attacking people uh, because they they bought the game also not a very good look because that's just going to be weaponized against you later. So, and there's other arguments I'm sure, but point is all their arguments kind of boil down to you shouldn't do this because it helps JK Rowling. Like that is the cause of your effect, right? Or that's the effect of your cause, right? You buy game, JK Rowling remains relevant, remains rich, gains money and JK Rowling bad. So let's take a minute to analyze that, right? Why is that bad? This is my, I'm going to give you my take now. So their argument don't do thing because it helps JK Rowling. What's the harm in helping JK Rowling, right? So they keep saying things like it causes us harm. It directly contributes to eroding away our rights and things like that. And I don't know what the hell they're talking about. I took a look, right? So first of all, we should understand what JK Rowling's transfer, where, where she draws that line, right? Cause She's not yeah. like those trolls on the internet who do the you'll never be a woman copy pasta. She's not doing that, right? She's not being that mean. I read her tweets. I read her little essay um, that she called Turf Wars or some bullshit, right? And I, I, I took a look at like, what the fuck did she actually say that pissed these people off? And what she said was, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm not going to quote her, right? But basically, she takes an issue with... Uh, referring to trans women as women because woman is a label that she finds a lot of comfort with and she doesn't want to share it with people who were born as men, right? Which obviously does not uh, align with the transgender ideology and they are demanding that she change her ways. And the other thing that she takes issue with is with trans men especially uh, because, and I'm, I'm serious, she really wrote this. She thinks if she was just born 10 years later, uh, she, with the support of online communities, she probably would have transitioned to a man if her life played out the same way that it did. That's kind of dumb. That's a dumb uh, argument. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It's not like that wouldn't have changed. Like her age doesn't somehow change that. It's a dumb argument, but she's still fucking. Yeah, said you it. could you could argue <laughs> that like environments can influence that shit, but like she still would have had the. I mean, it would, theoretically, in her in her example, I would assume she would have the same parents have the same probably life in some capacity i don't uh, know Harry man Potter wouldn't have blown up and been that big so she wouldn't have had very much money <laughs> i don't know the thought process behind that yeah no and i i think before we move too far past that too i wanted to say that like i don't even really agree with anything she said like, especially considering like some of it is like some of it's weird like some of it's like her like grasping for a reason to hold that view instead of like legitimately having like a backup for it, especially considering she just doubles down and fucking everything. Like she's just being really stubborn about it all. Well, that's what it is, Vic. People are saying this. It's the Yankee Doodle Dandy kind of yeah. thing for the for those who don't know the whole like history behind America using the Yankee Doodle Dandy as like a song and shit. Is it was a Yankee was a slang term. Uh, for the Brits against uh, the U.S. Uh, revolutionaries. And they're like, fine, we're going to make it a fucking song. And we're going to sing it. Canada did it too. Yeah. I think it was World War II. We were called Canucks or something like that. And, and we just fucking rolled fuck with hockey it. Team. Yeah, um, we just said, fuck it. You want to call us that? We'll, we'll embrace it. Fuck that's you. hilarious. But that's the same thing that Rowling yeah. is doing. People are 
people attack Rowling and she goes, see, they hate me. Clearly, I'm on the right side. Anybody who's read motivational posters have seen the dumbass one that's, oh, you have enemies? Good. That means you're fighting for so a good cause. Yeah, Fucking whatever. It, you guys can't see my jerk off motion, but I made it. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it's just one of those ones where like, Obviously, I, I know. I, I think I lead off of this a lot. It's not like I'm offended. I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the one riding over to Twitter to cancel her. But I, I think it's just, in, it's just insane. She's just gone. I want, I want to, I want to say a few more things yeah. about her before we move on. So, uh, my point here is, she said some really stupid shit, right? And she deserves to be criticized for it. However, people are arguing right now that buying Hogwarts Legacy helps her and helping her directly harms trans people and i i want to ask fucking how right she's rich sure is she spending her money on like anti-trans causes or charities i looked she's not i looked at her donation history hardly spending her money at all right i mean she donates she's a lot literally of harry pottering her money <laughs> she does donate <laughs> a bit like in the tune of the millions right but like still uh i looked at the different charities that she donates money to and maybe uh some of these actually do support transphobic things. I didn't look that deep. However, I recognize the names of all these charities and I'm not familiar with any like recent relevations about them being awful, right? I mean, fuck, Doctors Without Borders could like, you know, turn a face heel turn one day and, and decide that they don't like the Doctors trans people. Doctors Without Borders <laughs> was supported by like a, a large group of, of trans people for charity purposes. Maybe they'll cancel the like, next. No. <laughs> Yeah. Right. No, I, what I'm saying though is that like they're, they're heavily supported by trans people, so it's like eh, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. For the sake of completeness, I will point out that she did donate to a crowdfunding campaign for a uh, a different uh, anti-trans whoever the fuck right who was I forget if they were terminated from their job or if they were denied employment opportunities in their union. It was one or the other, um, but they sued and uh, they got like. They, they won half the case like they won the part where it's like yeah they shouldn't have done that to you but then like they they were also arguing for like some other like anti-trans thing but they they lost that don't remember the details because it's not fucking important but she did donate money to that so like i saw a couple headline articles like oh she finally publicly donated to something that's anti-trans but like that's not really it and they lost anyway but like unless she's like secretly donating her money somewhere and not reporting it to the tax authorities or maybe she's dealing with bitcoin i fucking doubt it man and if you read her writings she's so on the fence about everything trans right like she she doubles down on uh the authentic experience of being a woman and how it can't be shared by somebody just because they had surgery right like she's super passionate about that sure fine whatever but never once does she like advocate for like eliminating these people or uh anything like it sounds like a perfect world for her would be one where like trans women specifically are like their own class of people that is separate but equal right because she doesn't want to share her labels right and it's like whatever uh i don't think that's very I, that's an opinion that a lot of the trans rights activists are not going to agree with but i don't think her having that opinion is directly harming anyone yeah, no, and that, that's kind of, like, my big thing is, like, realistically, no matter how much I think she's stubborn or I think that doubling down is fucking stupid, it, she's very much allowed to do it. It doesn't hurt me any. I mean, it, it's and unless she's out there in the streets beating people to death for, you know, being trans, I guess, in this case, then I, I just don't see how it hurts anybody. Right. And so... I want to conclude this ass this assessment of her character with a challenge, right? Because 
people i don't think our listeners are going to side with the people boycotting the game uh but i could be wrong so if you're listening to this podcast you're listening to my explanation and you think that maybe i'm wrong and you want to side with the boycotters i challenge you to do this do the same research i did right take a look at what she spends her money on what what charities has she donated to what crowd what other crowdfunding campaigns has she potentially donated to that we know about right and what are the actual things that she said and what has she influenced right and quantify the harm that she causes because i i think she's just a out of touch celebrity with a lot of money that doesn't like them she's just an old lady at this point i don't think she's lady things she's not actively harming anyone uh i would i'm fine if i am proven wrong i will happily take the l if someone could actually do that like research and look it up and prove me wrong like send us a boostagram right i'll read it out on the air and i'll take the l 100 percent because i would love that because uh you supporter of the boycott would have actually done meaningful research on something that actually fucking matters right instead of just following headlines and assuming everything you read on the internet is true people are just accepting that she's like this awful person and she's a turf and they don't actually know what she said to earn the title right like turfiness is a spectrum it's a very wide spectrum because like people share this label turf with people who want to kill trans people and with people who just think they should have different support systems right mm-hmm. those are two yeah. very different opinions very different scale they get the same label and so an outsider is like oh that person's a known turf like you're just gonna assume they're a piece of shit right and oh, yeah absolutely and I'm not saying J.K. Rowling's not a piece of shit either, right? But, like, I don't think she's harming anybody. Yeah, it's definitely not to a point where people adjacent to her should be getting, like, harassed. That's just cringe, honestly. Right. So I challenge anyone who doesn't agree with me to go do some research, send us a boostagram, prove me wrong, and uh, tell your friends also boycotting how to do research because they're not fucking doing it. <laughs> well, I mean, that... That's like 90% of it, right? Speaking of not doing research, I was going to talk about that um, sort of thing. So talk about the war cutting in the game and what actually is happening. Because yeah. the game sold gangbusters already, right? Yeah. So when we talk about boycotting, who is actually boycotting the game? Well, there are a few journalistic outlets um, like Kotaku who outwardly you know expressed how much they hated the game before it even existed like while it was still in development before anybody had anything playable and they didn't get a review copy because why would they uh you know warder brothers warder brothers is real big too they don't have to play kotaku's game because kotaku's gonna not be a website in like three years they are riding out on the what's left of their investor money fumes at this point i'm sure investor fumes (laughs) yeah so no warner brothers is going to outlast them they so they're they're sending kotaku a message like if you want to talk shit you're gonna get hit like and that's the primary source of where this is so what happens is a few people are like jk rowling's a transphobe i or a turf for fucking whatever jk rowling's opinions pretty liberal even for uh the time she had said them like trans people were still not people and she acknowledged them as people because those of you in like 2030 2040 or whatever you might not know this but we'll say in the 2000s or so 2010 even trans people were not people 
they weren't even really talked about as existing. And they were still considered like one-offs, like a weird person, you know, not like there was a group of them. Let me take a quick let me take a quick tangent on that because it'll relate back to J.K. Rowling. So, uh, dear listeners in 2040 and 50, uh, what you may not know is that the earliest representations of anything resembling a trans person, specifically a trans woman, is is actually crossdressers. I understand crossdressers are not the same fucking thing, okay? But like, think about classic movies like Psycho, like the most infamous murder scene of all time in a movie. The classic black and white movie was a man in a dress stabbing a woman in a bathroom. Mm. Um, and then Silence of the Lambs, Buffalo Bill capturing women to take their skin off so he can be a woman. Uh, there's this history of like old media, like showing like men being extra creepy and like the extent of their creepiness is that they want to like dress like women. And so there's this like caricature of man in a dress being a threat that is like yeah. um, pretty bad. And how this ties back to JK Rowling is that's kind of a a thing of the past that doesn't happen in the media very often. But JK Rowling wrote a book recently in 2020. I think she published it. I forget the name. It's like something blood. I forget. And it's about a serial killer who is a man, a cross dresser, uh, who dresses up as a woman to get their guard down and murders them. Uh, she actually wrote that in 2020 and it doesn't make her look any better about the whole, I'm not transphobic thing that she keeps saying. Right. Cause it's like, yeah. Okay, sure. But you're, you're writing serial killer stories about a man in a dress, which is just a cheap ripoff of psycho, which is a great movie, like all things considered, but like, well, it, it, it backs up what she's been ranting about over the last couple of weeks about, um, I think there was like a, a case now where, um, uh, M to F, trans person hurts a woman in a woman's bathroom or something i don't really know the ins and outs of the story i didn't read it but so it, it, it literally is the things that she's been talking about and pointing out it, she just put into a book and and then, then made, i guess made it real in her book's universe and you want to know the punchline <laughs> the the punchline to this story that book it's real and hbo is making a tv show out of it right now it's oh, airing fun. on hbo max i mean i'm sure it'll do well there's no boycott. Oh, speaking of boycott, I actually <laughs> wanted to talk about that part too, Dylan, real quick. I promise that listener will get into, we're not just baiting you. We'll actually get into my thoughts about the game. So if you wanted to actually boycott JK Rowling, not buying the game isn't enough. You need to basically anything Warner Brothers, HBO, anything that is even remotely attached to Harry Potter, you have to cut. Because every time you buy a ticket to a Universal theme park, your J.K. Rowling's getting a cut. Every time, and that's to the theme park, not just the Wizarding World section. Yeah. But well, the you, whole you ass need theme to park. get the pass, and the pass extends to that, and thus, yeah, yeah. Um, anybody who signs up for HBO Max, um, those Cancel of you in now. the future, when we're back into cable, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. the cycle that we're going in apparently um <laughs> we used to stream things over the internet but it just like your channels but it was an individual website essentially um or service but yeah anything anything remotely related even tangentially to harry potter gets jk rowling money so you have to swear off a lot of media and i mean even then uh fuck I mean, she has so many different royalty revenue streams there's 
there's books that people haven't even fucking heard about that she's published that, that still sell. I'm pretty certain she still has a pen name she writes under, too. You're, it's unavoidable, and she's already stupid fucking rich. Boycotting her literally would be nothing. The whole yeah. world could swear off J.K. Rowling, and she would still be perfectly fine. Oh, absolutely. Um, so... I just wanted to mention that. Right, and that's why earlier I wanted to like break down like why I don't think she's actually causing anyone any harm because this is something that the people on the boycott side of things bring up. They're like, we're just asking you to do this one thing and the fact that you couldn't do it means I shouldn't trust you uh, because you wouldn't even do this thing, which is dumb. They, they, they know that they're not going to bankrupt J.K. Rowling. I don't think that was their intent, though. Some of them, they do say that's their intent because they're just reading headlines. Right. Yeah. And I mean, uh, I mentioned earlier, I want, I want, I want name drops. I don't think any, either of them really care, but just for the sake of it, uh, a friend of a mutual friend of ours, anyways, their girlfriend was having a, a situation where someone they knew was randomly decided to like take this to them when they found out they were just playing the game. And they were like, "Do you? You're playing the game. Do you know what J.K. Rowling did?" It's like, and I and I, when I when I heard that, I'm like, "Well, I'm like, she did nothing. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> She's said some things and she has opinions, but she did not do anything. <laughs> That's the wrong terminology you're using there. It feels like they're just mad that she has money, it can't be taken away, and she has opinions they don't like." You know what? I'll, I will, you know, I'll do some devil devil's advocacy. advocacy. Jeez, can't speak uh, there. Yeah, that would probably be really frustrating. I mean, with a little bit of thinking and a little bit of not giving a shit, which I think everyone needs a little bit of, you realize it's just not that big a fucking deal. It really just isn't. Uh, and I can, I mean, I can kind of prove that to some extent that it isn't really that big a deal, considering there's plenty of trans people out there streaming it that you can go look. Uh, and I think they're actually getting bullied the same as everyone else right now which yeah that's 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 real inclusionary that good job guys but also my my, my best friend is just like it's just a fucking video game it looks good yeah. <laughs> when i asked her opinion on it that, that, that was the response i got yeah so it's just like where are the trans people like it's not it, that that's the point and and that's kind of back to my story the woman that was getting mad at our friend's girlfriend wasn't wasn't trans herself she was had nothing to do with it. She was just mad because Twitter told her to be fucking mad. Well, don't worry. When Twitter finally dies, they'll nobody will have Twitter to tell them what to do. Wait till they find out who owns Twitter. Maybe they'll leave. Oh. And, and, and for the record, <laughs> I, I do want to say that, like, if you want to boycott the game, that's perfectly fine, too. I don't, I don't want anyone thinking we're attacking people for boycotting it. That's, that's on you. That's your choice. You can do whatever the fuck you want. I think it's kind of weird and, like, whatever. But, like, just don't like you, you don't have to make it like some big like statement thing. It's like there's a difference between boycotting a game by saying, "Yeah, I'm not gonna spend money on that," or "I'll get it for free." Like whoop de doo, you torrented it. Good job. <laughs> we used to do that all the time back in the day. <laughs> so I explained my reasoning earlier, but I didn't actually conclude my point that uh, oh, fair, I fair. I don't think um I I don't care if you don't want to play it if it makes you uncomfortable if you just hate the franchise that much. I am still on the fence about playing it because I'm not a Harry Potter fan, right? Yeah. Um. So I might not even fucking play it myself, but like, I'm not going to judge anyone for not playing it. Like, that's fine. Like, that, yeah. e even if I think your reasons are misguided because you believe she causes harm when she doesn't, and you should probably choose your enemies more carefully and analyze their moves more carefully if you want to win. Right. <laughs> um, like read Art of War, fuck's sake. But like um, yeah. going after people who do choose to play it, that's fucking cringe. Like, I, I will not stand for that. <laughs> 
Yeah, there, there comes a difference between being like, I'm boycotting this, and then actively standing against it. It's like, one is cringe and stupid, and the other is perfectly acceptable. Maybe a little misguided, but acceptable. I feel like the trans rights activists were played in this scenario. Like, I feel like a couple people like got together and is like, oh yeah, let's get them to boycott this game and be vile to people. And then like their enemies will, will like stomp them. Cause that's what's fucking well, happening. I mean, right? the guy who made that website that I'm sure everyone's heard about by now, the one where quote unquote, did you, or did they stream that wizard game or whatever the fuck it was called? Did the guy who made it, uh, is just some random dude who is parading it around Twitter, trying to basically get rage hater fans now where he's just trying to use it as a way to blow, blow himself up. It's like, yeah, that's that's real fucking, that's really, really inclus- uh, inclusionary or whatever the fuck word I'm looking for here. It's like, the man's, man's riding out J.K. Rowling's quote-unquote transphobia uh, as some way of benefiting himself. It's like, yeah, that there's nothing greedy or selfish about that, right? Like, what the fuck? It's like, they just, they fucked up, and Like, they, they picked the wrong uh, molehill to make into a mountain. Right. And they're drawing yeah. the line here. So all and these then they're trans- dying on it. <laughs> right. So all these trans rights activists have doubled down and now they ha- don't have a way out because it's like they drew the line way too fucking far back. So all the normies who don't give a shit about their daily life or have no idea what's happening because they're normies, um, they're now being told to pick a side and they don't care. Right. So like I've been given labels that by other people that don't know me before and I'll probably pick up some for saying these things, but it's like I thought you needed allies like this isn't a good time for you to be fucking like purging your your potential friends. Right. Well, I mean, we, we, we've talked about this before. And maybe this is a little too political to get into, but we pretty much have, have mentioned it that being LGBT at this point is almost like taking a stance to a point that there's plenty of people that are, quote unquote, LGBT or described by the acronym at the very least that don't bother identifying or speaking or or even like partaking in any communities that have anything to do with it because it's too much of a fucking headache yeah or they they get excluded from those activities because they don't align with the core group like i i once worked with a guy who who was gay right but like he was a big fan of guns and going to shooting ranges and stuff and so he wasn't welcome in a lot of those spaces because they thought he was a crazy right ringer yeah or uh, I mean, I, I've talked about it before. Uh, I, I've gotten the uh, "you're not straight enough" or "you're not gay enough" before. That's a weird one. They're like, pick a yep, side. You're not gay enough. Yeah, pick a side. It's like um, <laughs> not how that works, unfortunately. We talked about um, a little bit, you know, attacking people. So, and we mentioned briefly the website's already down, but there was, you know. Uh, have you has the streamer played that? Was oh, is game? it they're, they're literally Voldemorting the, yeah, the name that of the site game, is by now the way. down. Yes, it didn't even last twenty four hours. Wow, man couldn't even pay for a full fucking month. No, or... no, the site is up, but if you go there, it's a static web page that says, "I decided to take this down." Oh, okay. So he he had a change of fucking air. No, because people were pointing out that the what exactly that was going to be used for. It was going to be used to attack creators and uh twitch as we saw with girlfriend reviews and hassan both he defended himself though that's Uh, okay no he's loading the gun and handing it to people who are too lazy to do it themselves that's pretty much it it's like okay it's like the number one way to stop a suicide is adding an extra step it's literally that 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 is the number one way you stop somebody from committing suicide while they're doing it it's the same thing here the number one way that you keep people from doing dumb shit is 
having too many steps between them and the dumb shit. By and we've got U.S. U.S. fucking legislator here or representative, sorry, Montana representative, who's trans, by the way. So you know, yay, score one for that team. Who was talking about that? And I'm quoting the tweet here. Also, I think it's perfectly fair to compile a list of people who are streaming the game so that people may make informed decisions on which streamers they choose to support. I obviously don't support harassing streamers who do stream the game, but I support informed boycotts. This legend, this re representative is saying it's okay to compile lists. It's okay if I compile a list of people I hate. Because that is exactly what it is. It's a people. Well, it's it's even a list. A compiled mm -hmm. list. It's an automated compiled list. That's a real. Well, yes. That's that's part of the issue. That's such a bad but the idea. The other side of it is that's not. That, but that's not a boycott, though. Well, no. What is a boycott? No, I'm not going to attack for. you, Rick. I just mean like it, it. It's not a boycott if you're involving people who have consumed it. They they no longer can by by definition be a part of a boycott. What it is is this fucking witch hunt, and it can't be anything else at that point. No, it was a literal witch hunt. That is why the person shut it down. They didn't want to be the leader of a witch hunt. They're, I guarantee you they're okay with it happening, <laughs> but they didn't want to be the leader of it. And that's exactly what happened there. And so, yeah. And so I understand that it's hard to be trans. And by no means am I saying this representative who's trans is a son of a bitch because they're trans. No, they're a son of a bitch because they're saying stupid things and advocating a witch hunt with dog whistle ass language. Yeah, they're they're basically t taking a level of frustration out on people because uh -huh. they didn't. All right, and, and so, it's not even about sharing an opinion on what they are. It's sharing an opinion about something adjacent to them. Giving gamers labels. When you don't know them, that does never that never fucking works. Remember that, 2014? It never hey. fucking works. Never <laughs> works. Genuinely never does. It, it, I mean, to be fair, it works with any group of people. But take people who are also internet savvy. You know, most of us uh, are part tried to be a video game developer in some capacity, whether that's, you know, art, uh, fucking coding or otherwise. We have the skills usually to, like, clap back. So it's like, maybe not a good idea. So I, I think we've made everybody in the audience wait long fucking enough to get the first look. So the review, the first impressions, we'll call it, because I haven't I probably haven't even gotten halfway done with the game um, yet. So the first impressions of this game, it's fucking great, honestly. Like, also, I have to give a shout out to the Portkey Studios. They not only have a trans character in this game that's prominent, by the way. You could be trans if you want. So, points in favor for trans people. That's, just saying. That's the ironic thing is that they keep trying to cancel this game, but like no other game has this level of. Well, yeah, I think Porky <laughs> actually even stated that uh, I I actually misread this originally. Rick actually told me, and I went and looked it back up. Um, they didn't even really have J.K. Rowling working on the game. Mm, she no. was probably talked to early on. I'd be really, really surprised if they didn't. But no, they, they actually went through like her agency. They went through her people, not her. Yes. What they more than more than anything else, what they needed to do is make sure that they had the uh, lore bible. Yeah. Because um, that is the they most own important the part. Is the, is yeah. the funny thing, right? Like Jackie Rowling can't couldn't even say you can't make that. 
because nope. no, it's not how that works. They own the rights. Unfortunate that you know someone's intellectual property can be toyed with that way, but maybe fortunate in this regard. But yeah, either way, nope. so they were free yeah. to do whatever the fuck I, they want. I just want to point out it'd be really funny that if this game had bombed, like all these boycotters wanted, then like the the character creator and like the really great representation of black hairstyles and the the trans character that was there, like these you know greedy executives would be like, oh, I guess this shit doesn't work. <laughs> they wouldn't yeah, put it fuck. in another game. <laughs> it, it, it's shitty that shit like that fucking actually happens but yeah you know <laughs> like they almost fucked that up for themselves <laughs> yeah so i have to like give a shout out the character creator it's pretty great yeah like you're saying the hairstyles they look really good yeah no they did that you've uh fucking wizard drip the whole way through like whenever you get a gear item that uh style of the gear like you can uh for no cost, no nothing, you can change the appearance to anything you've ever had in your inventory. Nice. Which is nice. Yeah, um, that's real handy. So you don't have to, you know, wear your ass-kicking outfit, as Prod Z would have labeled it, when uh, you're, you know, wearing fucking star-shaped sunglasses, uh, pink onesie, uh, bright lime green overcoat, and plaid pants, and then a dress shirt. Yeah, no, you get all kinds of uh, fun things. You get fly around on a broom, et cetera, et cetera. I mentioned this in our when our preamble, uh, you know, podcast channel that yeah, the story gets you involved from the the word go. Like you pick up typically, you know, I'm not even going to spoil anything. Everything that I'm going to talk about story related happens in the first thirty minutes in the tutorial of the game. So. You pick up, you meet our young hero, you are a special wizard, I'm going to let you know, or witch, no, no sh judgment here, you can be either. You're a special wizard or witch, we cover that pretty quickly. You can, can I see be things... both? Eh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, can, uh, you can see things that other people can't, even powerful wizards or witches. So, you're more magical than everybody else. You got around. eagle vision from fucking Ascreed? Like... No, 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 no. It's oh, not okay. that. Uh, you just see things in the world, like things glow that don't glow for you or for other people. It's an alternative magic type that nobody else can use, basically. Um, it's why you are the hero, functionally. Um, you get tied as personal stakes very early on. Your mentor is involved, is also has personal stakes involved. So the two of you are intrinsically tied in the story, just from the go. You do so. You do a little bit of traveling. They show off the wizarding world a little bit. You end up in a few different places. It's really cool. You get to see the cool environment that they've set up. And like, if you played the Super Liminal or at least heard of it, this game that plays with perspective, Harry Potter also plays with perspective, not the same way, but very much like Doctor Strange mirror dimension kind of thing. Okay. And which oh. way you? Yeah, very much that sort of thing. So you know, and sometimes. Things you can affect in the other dimension affect things in this dimension as well. So it's very cool for puzzle solving. Um, the puzzles are pretty simple, but they're not so simple that you would say, why are they even here? At the same time, they're not so challenging that you're like, man, I need a guide. For me, there is one thing in the, there are these doors in Hogwarts that are uh, coded. And it reminds me that wizards are dumb as fucking rocks. Because uh, it's supposed to be arithmetic, but it's actually straight numerology. Oh, that's <laughs> funny, actually. That's yes. 
So wizards are dumb as fucking rocks, and they would absolutely have called numerology arithmetic in the 1800s when this game takes place. <laughs> uh, dumb fucks. Yeah, but you know what? I'm okay with it. I thought it was funny. But anyways, they tie you in with the villain real fucking quick. You meet the villain in this in the opening act. Like it isn't just like it's not. Oh, he does. You know, the villain doesn't know who you are. That's a Ubisoft Far Cry Six kind of thing where you and the villain see each other once and never interact again. But like you, I've interacted with the main villain a couple times. His lieutenants a few times. Like he and I, like he has a hit order on me. So he he's Voldemort, but actually exists. Yeah. Because Voldemort only really shows up, like, what, like, halfway through the fucking book series? At the end of every uh, semester, uh, basically, uh, Harry Potter uh, has to face off with Voldemort or something that's... Uh, I guess that's fair. Something, assembling, yeah, that's fair. But, like, Voldemort proper isn't, like, halfway through the series. Yeah, I haven't faced off with the main villain at all, but that's probably for the best because they established very early on that, uh, like, in the opening, that not even your mentor can uh, go toe-to-toe with him. So how far are you in this game? Like, if I look at my percentage, because they do have a percentage for uh, things, I'm about 58% of the way through. I can look at my quest log, and for the main quests, let's see, I've got 14 more main story quests to go, according to uh, the complete the main story quests thing. Okay. So you're Um, you're pretty far. 2, 6, 12, 20, 30... 34, so 34 main story quests in the game, and I've got 14 left. Um, I've got a handful of side quests left, uh, a few class assignments left. I feel like I'm actual gameplay-wise, I still think I've got about half the game to go, honestly, because, you know, crit path and all that. And you can crit path pretty quickly, I've seen that. The map is a lot larger than you'd think it is, because, you know, we only talked about, like, Hogwarts and Hogsmeade the hogwarts in the village nearby but it's like in great detail right like every fucking room it is in yeah it is in great detail and essentially the map is much larger than everybody thinks it is uh until you get in it and uh if they want to add dlc to the game and still keep it on the same map there's plenty of space to do that i like that that's really cool no it's a good thing they've they've simplified a lot of things like when you level up you get a skill point you get uh health and there's no stat, there are no attributes. We keep it simple here. This is quite possibly the easiest to get into, most family friendly, but heavily violent game. Like, make no mistake, they did. Okay, there is something that I do have to make comment about. So, I don't think they knew at the when they were first making the game that they they were going to have like. Essentially, no non-lethal options. Yeah, technically, when you sneak up on somebody and you hit them uh, for the one for the one-hit KO when you're uh, sneaking, that is technically not killing them. However, I am shooting fire at people, dropping lightning from the sky on people, hitting them or interrupting them when they're getting ready to cast like fire tornadoes, and they cast it on themselves. People are dying, straight up. My character, like when I take somebody down. The AI in the background might yell, "You've killed him! How could you?" <laughs> Even though they tried to kill me first. I- I've seen clips of some of the things you can do to enemies. They, there's no, sh- no way in fuck they made those animations, <laughs> and you're not killing people. Uh, you're like killing people. Fucking Mortal Kombat over here. <laughs> 
you are killing people. There, there's no illusion. It's not like this other students or anything. It's like bandits yeah. and and monsters mm. out in the world and shit. It's but so it's also like, eh. some of the voice lines when you're talking to people like NPCs in like quest dialogue. Somebody clearly didn't get the memo and go re uh, dub over the lines or cut them because they're like, you know, it's like, oh man, the bandits are lucky you found them because uh, people would kill them for this. It's like, yeah, I definitely killed sure all lucky. of those bandits. Yeah, I definitely killed all of them. Also, the the sneak up move, like unless somebody else came and got them, they would die straight up. So the sneak up move is uh, essentially it's. You don't actually turn them to stone, but you essentially turn them to stone. If you remember the first movie, Hermione hits Neville with, or book, if for those of you who read it, with a spell called. Uh, it's like uh, I've got to look. I've got to look up the name of it, but basically, it stiffens him like a board, and he hits the ground, right, and he can't move. Um, yeah, it's called a uh, petrific petrificus totalis, and uh, for the almost latin that the name of the spell is that it's uh, you bind them and in the text of the game powerful enough to bind most enemies permanently permanently so you're just gonna buy them and leave them there i'm sure someone will find them oh yeah something that's gonna eat <laughs> them yep <laughs> yeah no you make no mistake you kill every enemy you meet in some whether directly or not can you kill the students no. Why not? I thought you could, because I, I remember reading an article that, like, you're going to be allowed to use, like, the, the curses on them. I mean, that, maybe. That might be a side quest or, like, dark path you got to take in your plot, like, to actually unlock that. But I, I've read an article somewhere where you, you can turn Hogwarts into Columbine if you want. I mean, I haven't tried that yet. Um, and I don't have access to the unforgivable curses. I, so there are about 20 spells. There are 20 direct, like I have to cast these spells, uh, to use them in the game. Yeah. Five lines of four. And then there are three unforgivable curses. I separate them out specifically because a lot of people, whether or not the game has a morality system, I haven't seen one, uh, but whether or not the game has a morality system, it would be up to the player to, use them or not i'm unsure when i unlock them if i'm going to use them honestly although but yeah and then you've got eight skills that eight spells that are like situational or always uh available to you like uh yeah revelio is um it is your hitman vision your eel vision or whatever it highlights interactable objects uh pickups and enemies uh in a certain radius around you uh, even through walls and shit. It's really handy. Because, like, especially when you, like, down enemies and they have drops and you're in tall grass, you don't have the Skyrim problem of where the fuck is that. Nah, you just highlight that shit on the ground. So these 20 different spells, like, uh, what, what kind of variety do they have? Like, I, I am assuming, from what I heard, that they're all very, very different. Well, some of them are. So I'm going to say they're about... Uh, so looking at it, we've got about... 13 direct combat related spells, 14 if I include the uh, semi-invisibility spell, because that is a confrontational spell if you want it to be. <laughs> uh, but so 
And they do different things. Uh, there are two fire spells. There's a close range and a long range fire spell. So they kind of do the same thing. But again, close range. Yeah, uh, it, it's essentially your melee attack. <laughs> if you, there was one is mm-hmm. the short range fire spell um, in. But we've got like one that there's. So you've got control spells, force spells and damage spells. So the control spells that has um, one that slows slows things. Uh, you've got your ice spell, which freezes things. So they can kind of serve the similar purpose, but the you're setting up your next move um, differently with both. Like so, if you uh, have somebody uh, slowed, then you're keeping them. Typically, you're keeping them midair longer. Because uh, you can juggle people if you want to, and mm-hmm. you can use that as one of your juggling spells. The ice one, on the other hand, you're following up. You're best off following uh, up with a big hit uh, coming up because the enemies take like 50% more damage while they're frozen. And then they explode like a grenade if you have one of the talents I have. Totally not murder, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Levioso is, uh, you know, Wingardium Levioso. Uh, but uh, that one's in the game too, don't worry. Uh, Leviosa, Wingardium Leviosa, and Levioso is uh, uh, picking up enemies. Uh, you can also pick up objects too with it. That's something to keep in mind. A lot of these spells also have out of combat use as well. Some for puzzle solving, some just general like uh, I can do things in the world with it. Transformation, I haven't unlocked that one yet. There's still two spells I haven't unlocked in the game besides the unforgivable curses that i know of uh, there are a couple of that were not on my spell list before that got added to the spell list after i unlocked them so they do keep a couple of things hidden uh, here or there uh but transformation uh, transforms objects and enemies into an alternate forms one of the talents you can get is to transform enemies into explosive barrels that you can then hurl at other enemies again not killing them i guess <laughs> totally not murder yeah um, but yeah, you've got some other ones. The force ones are very much like force powers that you might see in uh, other games. Like you've got Accio, which pulls things to you. And, it, and when you pull enemies to you, they stay airborne momentarily. You've got uh, Depulso, which pushes things. So push-pull. And then you've got Descendo, which slams things on the ground. And if they're mid- airborne, so if you want to use this as a finisher after you've been juggling people, it does extra damage. And then you've got Flipendo. That one is mostly just an easy one to keep people juggled in combat because it spins them around in midair, keeping them airborne longer. And it's got a very low cooldown, so it can save some uh, it can save you some hotbar space, honestly. You don't need a bunch of different you don't need two different spells to back and forth them in midair. You can just do that and then your uh, basic cast, which is your light attack and you can pretty much keep people juggled indefinitely with just that and then you've got your fireball your uh short range uh i don't know flamethrower and it's not flamethrower because it really still only is targeted at one enemy so short range fireball long range fireball the uh defendo is uh very similar to snape's like thing that the harry learned in the half blood prince the uh i cut you with um making my wand motion of cutting from a distance mm-hmm. that one's very fucking fun uh then you also get harry potter's expel our Amis, remove uh weapons and the wands from people an yeah, actual yeah. non-lethal spell <laughs> an actual non-lethal spell that i that still 
does cause damage, by the way. <laughs> Interesting. So I, I bring it up because uh, one of the popular arguments that I've seen online uh, is is mocking the game for the number of spells in it. And I, I, I saw a really great um, it, uh, a really great answer to this, which I will repeat here, uh, is that there's a lot of games out there. I, I'm going to use Final Fantasy XII as an example. The, the, when I first heard this argument, it was about another game that I haven't played. So let me talk about Final mm-hmm. Fantasy XII, right? Final Fantasy XII has probably a hundred spells in it, maybe, maybe a little less than that. That's a lot of fucking spells. Twenty, not as much as a hundred. But let me tell you something about the spells in Final Fantasy XII, right? There is a spell where you hurt somebody, uh, a spell where you buff yourself or a friend, a spell where you debuff an enemy uh, or group of enemies. A- any one of these can be an AOE, and. Um, I think that, and I think that's it. Actually, I, I guess you steal something from them, but like, it's in all these different flavors, like Thundara, Thundaga, Blizzaga, Kuraga, right? Like it's Final Fantasy, right? But mm-hmm. when you take away the special effects and you take away the elemental properties, they're all the same fucking spell. Yeah. Whereas that's not the case here. In fact, no. I, I don't even think there was really that many like elemental differences too i mean like i think like later on some of the bigger bads the bigger bosses and shit did but like they weren't utilized as much as like a modern game would well yeah it is a big deal um in some cases but yeah that's that's playing rock paper scissor we do that in jrpgs all the time with elements Mm -hmm. um but even then uh we can even compare this to like dark souls which i think would be a decent uh dark souls is a good dark souls one has less uh weapon uh types but uh, by animation by like half of that that the harry potter game has in terms of like spells and what you can do and that's uh, a little different in dark souls 3 but dark souls 3 was like the penultimate it had a lot of backing and a lot of a budget at that point so maybe a little bit can be said there but like so well one of the things that i want to point out with this too is like most of the combat spells, there are a few exceptions, but most of the combat spells also have puzzle-solving elements to them as well. And there are a few more spells that only have strict uses, like uh, when you're designing your... Um, uh, you get a room inside... Like, not... Like, you get a full-control designing room. Floors, walls, ceilings um, in the game. And so there are a couple of spells that are only about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because whatever it's magic i'm not gonna i'm not gonna argue with that uh it's magic i don't have to explain shit (laughs) yeah Um, but yeah like there's even one like lumos which is turning the wand into a flashlight right that actually has a lot of puzzle solving in it it's not just my torch in dark areas it's actually like probably one of my second i think it's my second most used spell outside of uh going semi-invisible I use it for a shit ton of puzzles. Also, it looks really fucking cool. Like, I don't know how well... Like, the team did an outstanding job with lighting in this game, specifically. They made flashlights cool. <laughs> um, one of the other things that I want to point out that they did in this game, too, is you don't have, like, a room that you have to go back to at the end of the night. Like, you can just stay out, and the day-night cycle will go while you're out. You don't have to sleep... You don't have to eat. Which, I know there are some people that are going to be like, oh, but my realism. Yeah, I get that, guys, but I have fast travel, and I just want to go do the quests 
Like, Listen, I don't want to. If you can magic poop out of existence, I can magic hunger out of existence too. Right? <laughs> I mean, well, and actually, you can interact with like food and drink that you see in the world. Like, I can, because naturally, you can break into people's houses and open their chests. Right? It's an RPG. Of course, you. They can. didn't need it. Yeah, exactly. There and uh, when you do that, you can go in there and like you can drink and eat their food that they've got on the table. Amazing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I see my F key light up to interact with things, sometimes I just do. Oh, and you can pet the cats in the game. There Excellent. are cats all over the game, and you can pet them. Oh, 10 out of 10. You know, I, I realize <laughs> we already had the big, long talk about it, but you just reminded me. Um, the, oh, pet I, the dog? Guy. Was, I think it was Ooh. the pet the dog Twitter account. Yes, got, that, they, saw their, they got on their feigning couch for this one. Yeah, they, they basically were like, I am so sick that something I have cultivated over years is now being used to, uh, to support a transphobic gamer. I think it was, I'm like par- probably paraphrasing, but it was something really close to that. The context is the official like Warner Brothers, like Harry Potter account tweeted the, can you pet the dog Twitter account? And, and they posted a pic, a, a gif of yeah. petting the cat. Like, yes, at whatever username you, you can pet the cat in our game, but like you could see that it wasn't hyperlinked because they had blocked the account. Uh, yeah. After this happened, and it's like, uh, wow, what a crybaby. <laughs> yeah, no, flat out got their feigning couch out for this shit. The most cringe part about it to, for me was the fact that, like, I I cultivated this over years. It's like, motherfucker, you just categorize shit from video, from video games of whether or not you could pet the fucking dog or cat or whatever. It's like, that's not an accomplishment. That's not, that's nothing. Yeah, like, Compare that guy to the guy that made uh, Does the Dog Die, which is a different website, right? Yeah. Or, like, or is there something behind the waterfall? There, there's a fuck ton of well, them. Well, it, it's one website with all those different categories, right? Um, it just it started as a Does the Dog Die, and then yeah. they added all these other categories, like is there vomit? Does um, does a child get hurt? All these different things that people would not sometimes not like to see in their movies and they can look up ahead of time spoiler free if uh, this thing they don't like really specifically in movies happens right like maybe you really don't like uh movies that uh have a a dog that dies right like maybe that's like super like traumatizing for you and it's like okay uh here's a spoiler free way to avoid that (laughs) anyways rick give us your final thoughts on hogwarts legacy yeah, um, honestly, this is some of the most fun I've had since, like, the first Halo. That's a st- bold statement. <laughs> yes. Like, no, no, no. Don't. I didn't go to class on Tuesday. I wasn't feeling 100% anyways, but I was like... You had some extra swaying material. <laughs> yes. I completely skipped classes Tuesday. I didn't go to class today. I've skipped two days worth of classes. I don't have any classes tomorrow. So this 72-hour window, I'm going to put in like 50 hours. I'm proud of you, Rick. You're getting back in touch with your inner gamer. Yeah. My point being is like this is a really good game. It's easy to get into. It has guide rails, but it doesn't hold your hand. I'm playing it on normal. I'm going to do my next play. I am going to play through again, being a jackass the second time. Because everybody does good runs the first time, I know. But whatever. I'm gonna, and I'm going to play as a female character to see if anything uh, changes between the game. I doubt it. Maybe I'll play as a you know male to female. I don't give a shit. It's all the same to me. But yeah, is as far as I know, all it does is ter- determine which uh, hallway dorms that you get. Uh, do you get the left side or the right side dorm? 
I mean, that's a pretty solid ch- thing to have, though. The fact that they even put put the effort in for that. So, Vic, in the character creator, what they actually do, uh, they don't ask you for, like, your sex or your gender. They ask, which dorm do you sleep in? Witch or wizard? Like, that's the question yep. that they ask. That and is then it. They do not care what your character looks like or sounds like in the editor. You can mix and match every hairstyle with every voice, with every yep. face. And oh, okay. You pick which dorm yep. you want. I actually quite like... Uh, <laughs> I, I know some people think that, like, it will... will will like call pandering for shit like that but like i actually really like when games let you do that simply due to the fact that there is some hairstyles that are, can be unisex that most games we classify as female hair for uh, i i don't know if any of our viewers have been to you know my stream or otherwise i have long as fuck hair i like having the female options if i want to put my hair on a character in a video game most times the male haircuts don't fucking do it yeah also i want to point out with the wizard drip as well with the wizard drip as well you can come up with some crazy fucking outfits like you don't have like it's not all just robes i wish to be the pinball wizard oh no if you want to you can be uh, an escaped prisoner wizard like if you want to like they have a mask and the first thing that i thought of when i saw the mask is no one cared who i was before i put on the mask oh (laughs) god you know what i need to be now i need to be the phantom of the fucking opera yeah, you could you probably could. do some of that. Go full edge. You could, legitimately. And you can, like, you'll wear your PJs, but you can take everything, visually take everything off. Like, one of the options is invisible appearance. You know, I was about to make a joke, but then I remembered, you're playing as kids. Yeah, that's probably for the best. It's like Cyberpunk. No, you are playing as <laughs> yeah, kids. Yeah, you know, I've been playing too much Cyberpunk. <laughs> anyway, so this game's great. Everyone should probably yeah, play Yeah, no, it's a fantastic game, and it's a good game. That is, like, the gameplay loop's good. I don't feel like the puzzles are tedious, because obviously it's an open-world game. There are plenty, like, there's plenty of collect-a-thons going on. Oh, also, I wanted to point that out, too. Um, so there are these, essentially, you start Hogwarts as a fifth-year student, even though, you know, most people you know, show up when they're 11 or fucking whatever, I forget. But again, story reasons all covered in the first 30 minutes. And so they've come up with this, what they call the field guide to help catch you up to speed to make sure, you know, because you've been kind of trained by your mentor here for a while, but, uh, you know, obviously they can't cover everything that you should know by the time you're a fifth year student. So they've got these pages and they're scattered throughout the school and other places and you know what? There are more of them than you need to collect to get to 100%. Nice. So, like, you're going to probably fairly organically get to 100% on, like, completion when it comes to a lot of these things without having to go out of your way to really grind out. Maybe it'll, maybe there will be a little grind, but it won't be tedious. I never felt tedious to me because there's so many different ways some of them also have like lore associated with it some of the you know things that just been mentioned offhand in the books or important things in the books even some things just that were there all the time and nobody really thought about or even yeah so it's it's got a lot of fun uh involved Mm -hmm. to it and yeah it's pretty much a one-to-one recreation of hogwarts that's so cool. I'm, I'm very happy for you and all the people that picked up the game. I'm going to try to convince Destiny to play it. She seems interested. I'll watch her play it. That might, it might rekindle her love of gaming. I think Destiny would have a lot of fun with it. Um, yeah. Because it is, it is a good game. Like, straight up, mm-hmm. they're like, and 
you know, I'm going to point out like IGN and other places. Yeah, they put their paragraph in the front of it to be like, we don't support JK Rowling. Here, here are some charities that you can donate to to counterbalance JK Rowling, I guess. I don't fucking know. They've they've got a totally I mean, that would line. be the right way to boycott it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. They've got no, a, it's not Vic, because, well, finish your thought. I'll, I'll pick that back up. Yeah, I was going to say, they've just got to wear the t-shirt for their favorite sports team, which is the left, because that's where we've discuss, decided that all, quote, factual media lives <laughs> is on the uh, left side of things. It's fine. I don't care. The moral guardians now wear blue instead of red. But yeah, no, it's really cool, and I think uh, everybody should. And all those places, you know, he also gave the game near, like, perfect reviews. Yeah, there are some bits and pieces I expect to get cleaned up in day one patch, because it's a coming. It's standard with games that you're going to get a day one patch. Some clipping in the character models here or there. Um, I fell through the map once, but the game auto-saves as often as Dark Souls 1 did, so no biggie. Yeah, and uh, you you couldn't move a fucking step forwards in well, really any of the Dark Souls games without it auto saving. Yeah, the game auto saves basically that often. I do have a bit of um, frame drop here or there. I could probably, I could probably edit the settings a bit more, or you know, do some eye and eye tweaking or fucking whatever. But it's not that big of a deal. I've locked my FPS at sixty. Oh, the humanity, and that solved most of the problem. And turned RTX off. Because I think the the amount of surfaces in the game, like especially inside of the castle, like for reflections, just make will probably make 4070s, 4080s, 4090s when all of those are out and available. I know it's just the 90s right now, right? But yeah, when the others come out too, they probably all cry with this game a little bit because in in the indoor Hogwarts specifically because there are a lot of reflective surfaces there are a lot of shadows a lot of students I understand it's like running RTX uh, like on uh, Cyberpunk it's really fucking hard unless you've got the settings like purely tweaked for it it's fine I just I just barely can do it with my setup I could do it most of the time uh, with my ultra with ultra on the whole time but whenever I got into like the story missions on cyberpunk the heavily crowded story missions the game chugged like uh the dodging the snipers for the for the parade mm. oh fair, fair. that one really chugged my game uh but that's fine it the game looks good both with and without RTX. You know, I've done some stress testing here or there and stuff, but like NVIDIA doesn't even have it in uh, the settings, uh, like as the options. Uh, like you I, know what? It might be a little better once they have the, the, the yeah. game ready driver what? for it. Exactly, exactly. So I'm going to try RTX again. Which they just, on they just dropped the one. Uh, well, I'll see if they've got it. Uh, but yeah, on the 10th, when the day one patch comes out, I'm going to turn RTX on and see if it plays better with that again. I suspect it will, because like everything else, it's always on. Like, I think uh, this one's pretty online. I don't think it has to stay online, but it definitely talks to servers with uh, user collected data, because of course it does. All games do now. It probably just does the Dark Souls 1 approach. Yeah, so chances are they're going to be uh, taking a lot of feedback and learning and uh, going to improve the game because like it's a fully enclosed single player experience. It's a complete game. I was surprised mm. to see not a single microtransaction. We'll probably get DLC it. for it. But oh, absolutely. I, I mean, there was a time when people hated DLC, but I, I don't I don't hate More a game, game improving upon itself after the fact. 
I will never hate more game. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I want to point out with this uh, too before uh, it comes out, the game like I you know it's complete and all that, and that's something nice because that's something that I harp on a lot when it come when I talk about video games, not just in podcasts but in general. So many times when I get a game, it feels incomplete or that they cut corners or content. Even Elden Ring's quest had a few of those. I know I didn't play Elden Ring, but I watched a lot of Elden Ring be played. And I do know that there are several stories that will just never be finished in Elden Ring unless they come out with uh, DLC, right, Vic? Yeah, there, there's some, there's a couple that they had, like, patched after the fact to, that fixed them, but there, there's still, like, some, some loose ends that they just refuse to, like, elaborate on. Yeah, some of and... it's, like, like, uh, you could probably, like, hand wave, but, like, a, a big one is, um... One of the bosses in the game, her brother, is a big, big part of the game. And you get to see his dead body, but nothing else. You even fight the boss that, that did what it, what happened to him and when you find his corpse. But they don't elaborate. And then you can also fight the boss twice. They don't elaborate. Nothing's ever explained. And it's not like there's lore to explain this shit. There's only lore <laughs> to explain who they are. So it's just like... It is very clearly a loose end. It's not like Dark Souls where like if something doesn't make sense, you can probably like infer what it means. It just it just isn't there. And yeah, there's and, a lot of that there's a lot of that in Elden Ring. And I'm not in in some cases it's fine, you know, that these are bleak stories, uh, generally speaking, with uh, yeah, yeah. that series of games. So I understand sometimes, you know, you aren't going to get an ending because they died before their story was finished. That's fine. Yeah. A, and it just happens an awful fucking lot. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the issues with Elden Ring right now, too, and uh, I, a lot of people are like, oh, DLC's coming, DLC's coming. I don't think there is. I genuinely don't think we're getting any more Elden Ring, unless it's a sequel. Maybe. Uh, Armor Core comes out this year, and <laughs> the only other uh, recent FromSoft game that didn't get a season pass on launch was Sekiro, which also didn't get any DLC. <laughs> I got some free DLC patches Later on down the road, like they had like a boss rush mode added and like a new skill that you could get, but like nothing major. Uh, and Elden Ring has already gotten a free DLC update with uh, the uh, Coliseums, but I just don't think we're getting. I don't think we're getting like new story DLC. I just don't. No, yeah, and that's well, and that's just how it be sometimes, right? And that's fine. Like I said, Elden Ring is still a very good game. I oh, I'm yeah. personally salty about it only because I. I played. I broke the. I, I. I. Any game that I play for like more than like a hundred hours, I usually tear apart. I. I only dog on it because I love it so much. No, it's absolutely fine. Yeah. And I'm not gonna, you know, be like rah rah rah. You should be happy for what you have. Like, no, they could have fucking finished what they started. It'd yeah. be nice. And I'm not, you know, gonna dog on them and be like, you know, they made a bad game. But at the same time, they could have, you know, finished. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. Yeah, it's just like yeah, and that. So this game is again. I'm not done with it, but I feel like it's a complete game. Like I again, uh-huh. I don't. I was surprised at the absolute size of it, but at the same time, it doesn't feel too big. It's like well paced, and you feel capable. Yes, right. And uh, you know there are levels for enemies and areas, so you know if you've gone too far, kind of thing. Oh, that was actually something I was going to say. Gear. 
Because gear determines your offense and defensive stats. Uh, some gear gives you offense, some gear gives you defense. Easy. Uh, what I wanted to point out with these things, besides the visual aspects of it, it also, you get gear from chess that are about your level. Oh. Even if it's in lower level, like, period. That's just the way it is. Uh, that's about your level. You know, if you're, like, I think gear's kind of like, no, no, it doesn't seem to be locked up. I'm, uh, I'm checking now. No, I'm getting. I'm level thirty-two. I'm getting level thirty-one gear in a area that's lower level than me. He says, playing the game right now in the background. No, I'm not playing in the game <laughs> while I'm talking about. It. I'm in a menu. Oh, <laughs> I, I'm stuck in. A, well, I didn't want to. Yeah, I didn't want to get distracted while I was and lose my train of thought or something stupid. No, it's all good. It's all good. Let me let me pick up that thread I put down earlier. So so victim, yeah. uh, we were talking just a minute ago about. Um, doing charity right um and that is actually not good enough for the the boycott crowd so do you remember uh so the big news story was that girlfriend reviews was the first like known wholesome good channel that got struck with the bullies right um yeah and they were raising money for the trevor project no one mentions that when they bring up the story though oh no no i know that that, sorry that's what i meant i said that should be the good boy boycotting like raising money for something that is, you know, um, I guess directly against the thing that you stand against. That, that you'd, you'd think that's the good one. In the lead up to their stream, they had mentioned, oh, we're, we're playing this so you don't have to. You know, let's let's raise some money, uh, you know, for this great charity off of, you know, this work that is controversial. And it's like, no, they still got, like, canceled into the dirt for that. And yeah. uh, that's super unfortunate. <laughs> I gotta say, too, uh, we mentioned other people that were harassed, like Hassan. You know, I don't really know much about the guy. I'm gonna fully, you know, fully, uh, I guess, give uh, my background on on him. I, I don't really know much about him other than he's popular. I think he he's a self-proclaimed socialist and some other stuff like that. And he's he's very political. I think he's also a son of one of the Young Turks, if I remember. Correctly. I think he's a nephew or something. Point is, is the dude's yeah, super nephew, rich, he, but he related to them. He's super yeah. rich, but he tells people that uh, communism is the way, and it's a, it comes off a little bit as hypocritical. But like he explains at length why he personally doesn't think that's hypocritical. But I'm not buying it. Yeah, I don't really know much about him. It's kind of just where I'm going now, right? It's like I, I don't want to like criticize him too hard because I just don't know the guy, and I don't know. It's kind Even of like he won't deal, stream. Like... He's getting hate for for his his hot takes about the game. He didn't play the game. Yeah, I, but that's what I was going to say is he he even like flipped out and, and started calling them lefties and saying that the lefties were like attacking him from all this shit. And I'm like, aren't you technically a lefty? Like, is that not what you describe yourself as? I was like, I remember re- watching that clip and being like, that doesn't sound like the guy I've been told. I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, this is weird. This might be a, a, a weird like Canadian thing for you because so so what Hassan described himself as is a leftist and a leftist is different than a liberal. Uh, both would be described I, as left. That's fair. Uh, but he is uh, he considers himself to be much more left than these people. Right. Uh, so a, a liberal in like American politics would be like the current party in power, like Joe Biden. Right. Yeah. Um, which. Other than um, convincing people to vote for them, they don't really have any real like functional difference from the right wing party, the Republicans. They're both kind of in the middle. Uh, it's just they they're, they're really good at convincing people to vote for them because they're really good at demonizing their opponents. Uh, but like policy wise, like they don't really change any much. They don't really change much. Right. Uh, and so the leftists, uh, they still vote Democrat because the two party system fucks all of us. But 
they don't like them either. <laughs> okay, they, so that, that makes a bit more sense then. So that 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 puts that in perspective, and uh, these are not the words Canadian politics use, so you wouldn't know them. So that that no no we, wonder we it's confusing. All these terms pretty hard because <laughs> I mentioned it before almost every political party. I'm pretty I'm pretty certain every political party, in fact, is like left. Like we we don't have a right wing party in in the same way that like you would describe it in uh, like American terms. It's just, it's just we just don't have it. We have ones that are more that direction. How dare you? So I bet you they're all. But, but Canadians tell you otherwise. All you got to do is zoom out on your map, and uh, all your parties are left wing, right? Like as soon as like yeah. those other countries are put in the mix, it's like, oh wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, like yep. it, it, it's pretty funny how uh, how Canadian politics is because I think I think like most people really don't know they didn't they don't look into it enough. But they do, what they do look into is American politics. They know all about that. So it's mm-hmm. got to be the same thing, right? We're so close. How could it be different? Right. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild, man. Yeah. It's just funny. Like, and, and the, the dude in charge of Canada, you know, done blackface more times than he can count. And then, you know, the dude in charge of, of our country, he probably went to a minstrel show when he was young. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, really. He's a fucking zombie. Fucking ten hundred thousand year old man. Like <laughs> that's besides the point. Anyways, uh, just a, a TLDR. I'm going to move on to something else real briefly before we close out tonight's show, right? Uh, so I guess TLDR. I hope you listen to the whole fucking section because that was a lot of fucking words, right? But uh, I'll attempt a TLDR. Rick's got the first impressions. The game's great. Fucking play it, right? And then yep. earlier, I gave a brief history about why this situation kind of came to be for the dear listeners in the distant future who won't just take this context for granted i think there are people alive today that take this context for granted because they just read the fucking headline and they don't think critically about the people they hate and uh my challenge still stands to anyone on the side of the boycotts that wants to uh quantify the harm jk rowling's opinions cause because i'm pretty sure they're just opinions she's not using her money to fund anything awful i looked prove me wrong at least you'll have learned how to research things. And that's a victory enough for me. Uh, <laughs> um, and don't go bullying people for buying the game. Cause like fucking what? Anyway, I want to move on to a totally different subject and then we'll close out tonight's show. Good thing. I only put four things on the agenda. Holy shit. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause we're super down like the time. Aren't well, we? we knew that that Hogwarts legacy was at least two or three topics in and of itself. So and it's the biggest story yeah. in gaming. It's like, we can't skip it. So, uh, I want to talk about some stuff that happened while we were on vacation, actually. So listeners who have been binging the show, right, and, you know, ignoring the last episode, the episode before, and, and I guess also the episode before that, because that was just a, a four-hour drunk ramble. Uh, but before that, like, we were giving pretty consistent updates about, you know, Twitter and what was happening with Twitter, because it's relevant to, like, the gaming press and our lives, right? I want to give some closure on what the fuck happened, because it's kind of settled now. So let's recap a little bit. So... Elon Musk, everyone's favorite billionaire bad person, uh, he uh, bought Twitter. Everyone thought he was joking. He fucking did it. Um, he tried to back out of the deal because so what happened was um, what, what happened was is that he made a bid to buy Twitter at a, a good price, a fair price, or at least 
compared to their current stock price. But then during the 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 buying procedures, um, he asked them to produce uh, data about usage of Twitter and how many of their users are not bots. They could not provide this. They sort of refused to buy to provide this, and he tried to use that as a justification to back out of the deal. Uh, but then they countersued him and won, and so he had to buy it at the price he originally agreed, and he went through with it, only to then uh, basically shame all of the people that ran Twitter previously. Um, he has gone on to basically claim that you know a lot of the users were bots, and you know that's cool. We'll make them pay for features, and he has done made a lot of changes. He fired a lot of people. He fired like 80%, I think, or 75% of the staff, right, from m many thousands of people to hundreds of people. And you know what? With the exception of earlier today, I don't think it's ever gone down. Like, they haven't had any serious outages, even though they're on, like, a fraction of their former workforce. What were they doing all day? Well, he told us that, too. Basically, um, there's been numerous... Um, I don't know if you can call them press releases. It's more like documents released to journalists who then publish on their behalf. Uh, but the hashtag you find on Twitter is called Twitter files. And you can go, it goes into great detail about, well, not that great a detail, to be honest, it's a little disappointing, the lack of detail. So it's like they could still be hiding something, uh, but they, they do. They at least reveal that uh, Twitter, the previous administration and owners of Twitter were colluding with the FBI and, and honoring their takedown requests and we're unfairly censoring people of some opinions versus others. And everything that we already assumed was true about Twitter, we now have proof was true about Twitter, which is like, I can't believe we're actually seeing this. This is something I figured they would take to the grave. Uh, but no, we actually get to learn that. And that was super neat. So when Elon first took over and started talking about firing all those people, there's a lot of people who are very critical of Elon, who were like, no, we must leave Twitter now. Our time is up. And there's there's a couple things that came of that. So some of them, you know, fucked off to, to parts unknown, like Tribal Social, one of those dumb sites I tried. Uh, because I also was trying to, like, follow these people because I, I need a brand account for the podcast. I want to make sure uh, the normies get my updates, right? And so it's like, well, if they all fuck off to some other website, like fucking Hive or Tribal, like, I need to follow them there. And so some people went to Hive. Don't, don't sign up on Hive, by the way. That's a scam. Uh, it's like made by these two college students and it only has an app, does not have a web page. And that's sus. Don't do that. Fucking hell. Um, yeah. <laughs> they also don't have any, uh, what's the word for it? They don't have any like, back, I don't know if they're licenses or what they are, but like you, like for instance, you can't post like porn on there as like one of the big examples. And then like legally they can't allow it. They have to take it down or some shit. I forget how it got explained. Long story short, it, it quite literally is just two randos who built it. Right. And they have no sweet fucking clue what they're doing. Yeah, and it's a closed source like business. Like if it was open source, then sure, two people can build that and I would trust it. But like never trust a closed source system ever. Like <laughs> so tribal social is no better. It just it looks like Twitter, it behaves like Twitter, but it asks you for your real name and it kind of behaves like Facebook. It's the worst of both. And then um you know, Tumblr made a comeback. That was cool. They also unbanned porn. So like that was even more cool. Uh, I did I did sign up there because I signed up in a bunch of places for the brand account, right? My feed, nothing but anime titties. I still look at it. It's great. And then a lot of the people mad at Elon Musk, uh, they went to Mastodon. Now, I talk about the Fediverse a lot on this show because my primary social media presence is on the Fediverse. I'm on a Poloroma server called Shitposter Club. And... 
it, it pains me inside a little bit when people refer to the Fediverse as Mastodon because they understand there's this piece of software called Mastodon. It is a it is a server you could install, make it your website out of it, just like you would WordPress or some other software, like a forum software, for example. But you can use it to talk to other Mastodon servers. Like they understand that part. What they don't understand is that Mastodon is using a protocol that's compatible with shit that isn't Mastodon, like I'm using, and it just blows their mind, right? So they keep think they keep saying dumb shit like the Mastodon network, and they call their posts toots because that's what Mastodon calls it. A, a, a post is a toot, right? And so they they'll like reply to me and be like, uh, "What what's uh, the meaning of this toot?" And it's like, "Don't fucking call it that to my face again." That's so weird, man. Come on, man. get the fuck out of my mentions. <laughs> like it's so uh, dumb. And it's funny because like a couple celebrities hopped over and they didn't know what the fuck they were doing, which was really funny to me. So like there's this website, I think it's called joinmastodon.com. It's like it's a website that helps you find a Mastodon server. And to be in this website, you need to have a certain some certain specific rules in your code of conduct. And then the benevolent dictator of the Mastodon project can kick people off at will. That's fine. I, and I'm, I'm fine with that. A benevolent dictator for life is not a bad thing for a software project, uh, free software specifically, inherently. So I, I criticize that guy a lot on the Fediverse, but like he's not that bad of a dude. Like all things considered, like he could have done way worse. I'll continue to criticize him, but he ain't Elon. So the point is, is that, you know, certain servers will follow certain rules to uh, get put into this list of recommendations and all these celebrities like, fucking Elvira and and George Takei, right? They don't know what the fuck they're doing, right? They're, you know, ancient fucking celebrities that are clueless. Grasping for fucking relevancy. And they don't know anything about the software, so they will click a bunch of buttons on this little, like, recommendation service, and they'll land on some random guy's server. Can you imagine being, like, a 20-something-year-old server admin uh, just participating in the Mastodon network because they love it, right? And uh, fucking George Takei signs up on your server and, say, and and verifies himself on Twitter like, this is my new home. And it's like, what a responsibility that is. You now have this celebrity who posts a bunch of dumb shit who's going to get a lot of hate for the dumb shit he posts because he can't do that stupid, like, only people I reply to can reply. Fucking, well, I mean, that's not necessarily true. You can do a followers-only post. But if your follows aren't locked down, all it takes is following you to see your followers-only posts and then replying to them. So it's not that safe. But, like... yeah. That dude hides behind that feature on Twitter all the fucking time. So if he posts stupid shit on his server, he's going to get a bunch of nasty replies. And then he's going to cry to his admin to say, hey, block these servers, even though at the account level, he can do that himself. He's going to demand his server admin, hey, block these servers. They're bad. And then they start sharing their block lists and they further fragment the network. And they just fuck off back to Twitter after they don't have anyone replying to their posts anymore because they block them all <laughs> accidentally. Right. It's just it's funny watching them. Try to understand something. I mean, there's people who did that on fucking Twitter. (laughs) Oh, with their block list, yeah. And in fact, years ago, Will Wheaton, uh, one of the users of such a block list, actually came to the Fediverse uh, way before the Elon thing. And he got bullied off by the Mastodon crowd because of those block lists that he was using. And it's funny because we were talking about J.K. Rowling earlier. So that block list, the Gamergate one, was made by uh, one of those anti-Gamergate people who was actually a turf. And they were using Gamergate to like inflate their social relevance, and they used this block list and their anti-Gamergate status to sort of like get a bunch of users. And then they started inserting trans people into the list. Wow. 
the the people using the block list never thought anything of it. They're just like, oh, they must have been bad. They must have been those evil gamers uh, when they were actually innocent trans people that that turf didn't like. I don't even know if those those people play video games. That's fucked up. And so since Will Wheaton was guilty of of using that and not thinking critically, uh, they used that against him until he finally like closed his account. It's like that was really funny, and I didn't have to lift a finger. Like the Mastodon people took care of it themselves. Normally, like uh, it's the people on the other side of the great block list wall that take care of the trash, like with Gab.com, right? But in this case, they took care of it themselves, which was a rare a rare dub for the Mastodon crowd. A rare dub. There's another fracture I want to bring up because if I don't bring it up, it's going to eat me alive. I wanted it to be on the show. So uh, there's another protocol. So the Fediverse, right, uses a protocol called ActivityPub. It's just the blueprint of what a post and a reply mailbox looks like for the software to go implement, right? That's the reason why they can interoperate. Just like how email is a protocol. So all Gmail, Yahoo, all these different servers, like, agree on what an email looks like so they can exchange messages without it breaking, right? So same idea. So there's another protocol called Noster, which stands for notes and other stuff. Uh, wait, hold on. Notes and other stuff transmitted by relays. Noster. So I've been watching Noster very closely. So when I first saw it, it was during my adventure to find where the normies are going to go uh, when, when Twitter collapses, right? Uh, and one of the websites I signed up on was minds.com. And I mentioned this on the show before, like, it was a graveyard. Like there was like almost no activity to be found. And it's like, it, it are all the posts gated behind the paid account? Like, do I need minds plus to fucking find humans? Or is this a ghost town? I'm inclined to believe it's a ghost town. In fact, I should probably uninstall that app. It's still on my phone, but, um, I, I didn't find much enjoyment in minds. It looks pretty by all accounts. It works great. I wish more people were on it because it looks like a really pretty app. However, I read a blog post somewhere that says that Minds was decentralized. And I was like, fucking decentralized how? Right? No one could fucking explain it. Then eventually they released an article saying that they implemented the Noster protocol. Because it's been around for a little bit. Right? But it didn't really explode until recently. So Minds implements Noster. That's the first time I heard of it. I was like, ah, that's how it's decentralized. How do I use Noster without Minds? No fucking clue. Recently... Jack, the original founder of Twitter, uh, who I think is not a bad person, by the way. I can get into more detail about that another time. But, uh, you know, I think Jack's a good dude. And he gave fucking 12 or 14, I forget the number, Bitcoin to the developer that maintains Noster, who then did the right thing and gave half of it to the guy making the, the really good iOS app because it was the most polished at the time. So this, this protocol, or at least I think that's true. I might have to fact check that. He gave half of it to somebody. I'm pretty sure it was the iOS guy. But the point is, is that Noster has recently exploded in popularity, mostly thanks to Jack, and then later thanks to Ed- Edward Snowden, who also joined it and started talking about it, because he's really popular on Twitter too, right? And so they they started posting about it, and then all of a sudden people are showing all this interest in Noster. It's like, how do I connect? And there's a couple websites that let you do it. Now there's apps that let you do it, which are way better, and... Here's, here's how simple it is. So you're probably not very familiar with like uh, public key cryptography, are you, victim? Not particularly. So do you know, so there's this reason why uh, encrypted traffic works. Basically, you have these two little secret codes, right? One's called a private key, one's called a public key. If you look at it in a text editor, if you ever create one, it just looks like a bunch of gibberish. But the reason why is because you can use your private key in a program 
to encrypt a message, right? Turns it into ciphertext, scrambles it, right? And then the only thing uh, that can unscramble it is your public key and, and vice versa, right? So if I sign something with my public key, uh, I can I can decrypt it with my private one. If I if I encrypt something with my private key, I can decrypt it with my public one. So the idea is, you know, my public key. I publish it somewhere. Maybe it's yeah. in my SSL certificate or whatever the fuck, right? And you can use my public key to encrypt a message and send it to me. I am the only one that can read it because I have the private key that corresponds to that public key. And because of science and math, you can't just use a computer to figure out what the other key is given one of them, like. You, you can figure that out with a computer, but the sun will explode first. It's going to take that long. You'll be long dead by then. So that's why it works. And so with Noster, how this ties into Noster is that instead of having an account on a server somewhere, you don't. You have a private key and a public key. You use a client, usually like an app on your phone or a website, and you sign messages with your private key. You make your public key available and you post them and to a relay. There are many relays. You can send your message to as many as you want. They'll Sometimes they'll trade messages if they want to, and people will subscribe to these relays and pull messages down. There's no servers. Like, I could communicate with people that just have the app installed. The only servers are the relays, and all they do is trade text messages. They don't trade images. They don't do none of that. The, the clients that you're using will render URLs to images, so people have been picking up their old uh, imager yeah. accounts and their old uh, whatever accounts to host elsewhere, which is also a self-defense measure because imagine someone tries to poison the network with like porn, either the legal or illegal kind. It's not on Noster. It's a URL somewhere else that can be taken down by the government independently from Noster. You're just sharing a link huh. to it, right? So I suppose that's, that is a nice backup. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't be sharing that stuff and you you probably should purge it from your relay. And it's been really cool to see Noster develop because they have these things called NIPS, Noster Implement Improvement something, proposal. So there's these Noster Improvement proposals that people are making on GitHub that's like suggestions for the network. And in the last like three weeks, they've created a, a means to verify yourself, which I've done for me, for my own account. Um, They've created the means to report content to relay administrators, uh, be that for spam or for illegal content or scams, like there's categories and the app I'm using does it. And then like a bunch of other shit that's like super neat. And it's like developing rapidly and quickly, right? And the app I'm using has like an auto translate feature and like I'll scroll and I'll see shit in like German and like Chinese and it'll just like change into English. It's like, it's like watching the fucking cyberpunk cutscene. Like I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> right. And so like, it's super fast. It loads fast. I mean, no offense to moon. If you're listening, it, it my, my app currently loads faster than shit poster club. It's very pleasurable, but um, I've been using that a lot lately and it's fucking sick. Uh, now I will say, it, it solves a lot of problems that the Fediverse faces, but it does not solve them all. And there's some cool shit that the Fediverse does that I don't think Noster will ever do. Let me lay those out real quick, right? So Noster solves the problem with nomadic identity using keys, and it solves the problem of server admins uh, dictating the experience of their users. So some people might want that, the curated experience. Maybe they're a vulnerable person or immature. Right. And so they need their admin to make decisions for them about what they can and can't see. Maybe they want a curated experience. 
that's valid. You you can have that. That's I'm not going to say you can't. I, I think it's wrong when the admins do that and don't tell you that's wrong. But if you know what you're signing up for, then do it, right? You could be on a Fediverse instance that blocks shit, and it's not immoral. Now, on Noster, everything's at the user level because there's no admin for a I mean, there's the relays who, who do routinely kick people off, right, for posting scams and, and illegal content and shit, right? But, like, there's no server that your account resides on. So all of the blocking and reporting it is on you and not some admin to do it for you. And you can still curate your experience, but you don't have some admin to abuse you, which is a great solution to the Mastodon problem, right? Now, Mastodon and Pleroma and all these other activity pub servers, they have communities and they have fun features like MISKEY. Uh, did, did, did Hells tell you that he set up a MISKEY instance? Yeah, he was mentioning it. I, I convinced him because he's in school for, for computer science. And I was like, why don't you deploy a full stack application in the cloud? Because he wanted the experience. I'm like, make a MISKEY instance and follow me. You could finally join the Fediverse on your own fucking server. And MISKEY is fun. MISKEY is like a weird like love child between fucking MySpace and Gaia Online. I swear. Like it's got a bunch yeah. of cute shit. It's got little games. It's It's nothing like the other servers. And it's very pretty. It runs like ass because it's a lot of JavaScript, but it if you're if you got RAM in your computer, you're, you, it's fine. <laughs> it's it's fun, right? I just re I just confirmed that I have RAM in my computer earlier. I, right. So you know he does that. That's fine. And then where was I going with this? Um, right. So the Fediverse has a lot of fun shit. And another thing the Fediverse has that I don't think Noster could really achieve realistically, and maybe they could, but like the sense of community, right? For example, I you know value my identity as a member of shit poster club right i wouldn't want to be anywhere else i love that website and the people on it and with noster well there's no servers right so it's like i'm just in a giant pool of people like it's twitter again right but a lot of these people are migrating from twitter so that's kind of the default right so it's not different for them uh but it's like i feel like not the people on noster are missing out now there are things called channels which is one of those nips those noster improvement proposals right there's these channels which are also cryptographic right where you can post your message and then include a channel key now that sounds complicated the client does it all for you it's seamless right but you can create these channels and i created one for video games i never got anyone to join but i tried it it works similar to creating like a telegram group or a group dm on twitter except it's not private right it, it that's on purpose and it allows you to categorize your stuff. So theoretically, you could create a channel on Noster that maybe we could make a Melonmancy one, for example, and maybe our fans could join it and we could have discussions about the show in that channel. Like that is possible. However, the people you're following and the channels that you're in are saved on the relays. And so if something happens to the relays you're connected to or you change the relays you're connected to, you might lose that data. One thing I found useful is anything that has value to you, like uh, people you're following, like specifically, like go save their fucking public keys to a text file or your channel IDs because you're going to fucking need it later when that shit goes missing. And that's disrupting, but it's still a young protocol in its infancy. They're probably going to iron those problems out. It's really cool to like see it happen. It's like it's developing so rapidly. I remember the the guy making the Android app, uh, the popular one. It's uh, I, he he pushed like three releases in one day this one time. And it's like, wow, I installed each one of them separately. <laughs> 
just because they were flowing in and I wanted all the fixes and it exponentially improved the experience every single time. It was just crazy to see. It's like shit does not come together that quickly normally. And when it does, it's like super fun and cool to see. So it's like, I think Noster is a much better place for those people leaving Twitter to go. But uh, I should also point out that the a lot of the people that went to Noster from Twitter are actually uh, Bitcoin maxis, not the politically uh, challenged, right? Those people went to Mastodon and fucking who knows where else, right? So it's like, th- so those people went to Mastodon and they're shitting the place up. Whereas the crypto maxis are over on Noster and they're having a great fucking time. Which, uh, before I close out the show, I, I, I mentioned in the last episode, I, wanna, I wanted to bring it up again. So we're a value for value podcast, which means we take Satoshis using a modern podcasting app, newpodcastapps.com if you want to get those. And I, I kind of wanted to explain, I made a, a, a comment last time that, you know, Bitcoin isn't crypto, don't get it twisted. I think that was my exact words. I wanted to explain what I meant by that. So there's a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt in the crypto space about Web3. And, you know, we've criticized like Web3 and, and NFTs and shit on our show before. I don't like hate NFTs as a concept. I think I made that clear last time too. But like, uh, there's a lot of people that do. <laughs> and um, they have their reasons. And some of them are valid, right? I think a lot of them are bullshit. But, you know, I'm not going to talk about that today. However, uh, Bitcoin doesn't have those things, right? And the things that make Bitcoin special is it's, it's used as a currency, right? And it's functionally useful as a currency. Like most people, when they think about crypto, they usually think about Ethereum, which is like the second most valuable one, you know, second to Bitcoin. And Ethereum, when you use it as money, is always a bad idea because they have these transaction fees. They call them gas fees, right? I don't know the technical details about why the fuck they're required. But like, imagine you use your Ethereum to buy like a $1,000 NFT and you pay $2,000 worth of Ethereum in gas. It's like, the fuck are you doing? That's stupid. <laughs> Whereas with Bitcoin, you can send Satoshis to people for like cents on the dollar, right? Like almost nothing. It's cheaper than sending them real money. Like, yeah, it, it's backwards. <laughs> I don't uh, know. The, the one thing I have to give a shout out since we're talking about uh, new podcasting apps is Fountain's recently taken a dive wherever they're uh, getting their uh, uh, wherever they're sourcing the podcasts from uh, they're apparently not paying for the uh, advanced ones so they're getting like the Spotify injected ads kind of thing going oh so when that happens those ads aren't injected they're actually just like in the audio file from the stream that they're pulling yeah but they're not from like the people who are doing the ads like sorry the podcast it's like injected like the way that spotify injects uh ads that's actually the first i've heard of that oh you so okay so like uh so at the very beginning like when you hear an advertiser that's not the people doing the podcast chances are the podcasting host is putting the ads in like oh, commercial breaks. right 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 that's not fountain's fault that's like uh, no it's wherever they're pulling the right um, uh, yeah, yeah, audio yeah. from and they're not pulling it from the original uh podcaster most of the time right that's actually a common occurrence in podcasting so uh those i, I forget the name it's like injected ads or something and a bunch of different podcasting hosts will support this because it's like their their spotify like solution right and um mm-hmm. They will pay the podcaster for enabling this. So like they, they do get paid for it, right? So this is the norm because 
podcasting works in like a kind of decentralized way because you're using fountain. Somebody else might be using podcast addict. Somebody else might be using iTunes, right? And all three of these players, um, uh, don't have ads, right? Like it's not Spotify. So to, to make money off the listeners on all these different apps, or you can make your own fucking podcast app. It's just an RSS feed, right? And so in order to make money on all these listeners that are using apps that you cannot know or predict ahead of time, they do the injecting on the, the audio side for the RSS feed, right? These RSS feeds usually also have enclosures in them to send data back to, to figure out like how many listeners do you have and, and stuff like that. Mm. So uh, not Fountain's fault. <laughs> no, I knew it wasn't Fountain. I just knew it was okay. wherever they're getting it from. Because like uh, one of one of the um, podcasts I listened to, because uh, people brought it up, and it wasn't just Fountain. It was a, a lot of places. Uh, they brought it up on their um, uh, Discord, and they're and they're like, "Hey, we don't know what's going on here because we're not doing this. We didn't sign off on this. It's somebody else doing it between us and you." Like. Mm. It's one of yeah, and uh, and somebody was putting out that it was uh, a thing that Spotify does a lot. Uh, yeah, when you're not paying, like essentially when you're using free Spotify, uh, in in addition to their you know every thirty minute ads or whatever they do on Spotify, they also um, inject uh, or allow, I guess in this case, injected ads in like it. it at the beginning of a uh, podcast and then like in the middle of the podcast mm-hmm. as well, but they'll well, add like five minutes in on the podcast and ads. If you know they're coming, you can seek ahead of them. That's actually going to be on Spotify. You can, yeah, which is nice, but then they throw like three more at you and it's like a bunch of clicking. And I love how tone deaf Spotify's ads are. Cause like, um, there's this one I remember cause he, he raised hell about it on Twitter, but like there was this one podcast that's about, um, uh, being sober and recovering from alcoholism and they got a bunch of wild turkey ads which is the brand of whiskey like huh. yeah <laughs> <sighs> that's some shit yeah. fucking spotify <laughs> i would have been furious if i was uh that podcast host value for value the answer yeah I'm telling you yep so final thought um we'll only advertise ourselves on this podcast assuming right. you know assuming yeah, you know, for whatever reason, somebody's like, "Hey, we really like these Melomancy guys. Maybe we'll talk." <laughs> as long as they don't restrict what we say, it's not the end of the world. But we'll cross that bridge if it ever if if it ever shows itself. They can kick us off iTunes, but they can't stop the RSS feed and all the people with their yeah. with their players like like Fountain FM or Podverse from just hearing the episode. They can't fucking stop me. So can't stop the beat. <laughs> That's right. Final thoughts. Bitcoin, right? So I say it's not crypto because the, the point I'm trying to get across here is that, like, yes, it's a cryptocurrency, but it's just a currency, right? It's not trying to be anything else. Like, you can build shit on top of it, like Lightning Network, but it, that just helps you spend it better, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. the SEC uh, recently ruled uh, not in favor of Library, and they're continuing to investigate them to drain them of all their money until they go out of business uh, intentionally. And uh, they argued or they concluded that LBC, which is the token that library uses to map out their their peer to peer network of videos. Right. For like Odyssey.com and shit. Right. Um, they argued that that token was a security, like a stock for a company. Right. They can't make that same argument for Bitcoin because nobody controls it. There's no central company. You'll notice that even in the case of Ethereum, uh, which is like supposed to be the the web three crypto that isn't a shitcoin and everyone else is a shitcoin even that you can call it a shitcoin i don't know enough about 
Ethereum to definitively call it a shitcoin. So I'd rather not like, you know, stick my neck out like that. However, it's controlled by a couple of people at the top that invented it and they hold all the power, right? And they can hand out coins and stuff before they launch and what have you kind of sounds like a fucking security, right? And with the recent ruling the SEC did against Library, they could go after Ethereum next. They're probably going to knock off everyone else first because for some reason, Ethereum gets a free pass by the government. Nobody knows why they do the same, a lot of the same shit that everyone else is getting in trouble for. Um, But then when it comes to Bitcoin, who's the SEC going to sue? The Bitcoin company? There is none. It's truly decentralized. Now, a lot of people will also bring up uh, when criticizing crypto, the environmental impacts. I, I feel like we mentioned this on the show before, but I think my, the main takeaway is a lot of these data centers that are mining crypto are using renewable energy. And if they're not, uh, and if they weren't mining crypto, that non-renewable energy would be spent on a different computing workload. So it's like, you shouldn't like come after the Bitcoin miners for that. You should go after the data centers that they're in. Like Target the source. Just like I said earlier with JK Rowling, right? Fucking attack the actual problem because you can actually come up with a real solution that actually makes the world better, right? Don't yeah. just don't just bitch at a headline. And it's like the environmental impacts are absolutely understated, and we definitely covered that before. I'm not going to repeat myself, but the point is, is that yeah, you could argue that crypto is pretty bad for the environment for like all those shit coins and all those like pump and dump schemes and all that other shit. But like when you just look at Bitcoin, it's it's not the villain you think it is, and. Uh, in terms of it not being a security and actually being useful digital money, it's absolutely the right thing for the job. So if you hate crypto, give Bitcoin a chance and ignore the rest. Honestly, it's a different world. And the people that are super into Bitcoin, the Bitcoin maximalists or Bitcoin maxis for short, they hate crypto too. So like they'll be right there with you making fun of NFTs and shit. But like they're still going to use Bitcoin because they, they really do see it as a different fucking thing. So... Uh, feel free to support us uh, with like Podverse or Fountain FM. Uh, Fountain recently added a, a means to buy Satoshis directly from them. Well, I think from a vendor that they partnered with, but whatever, right? But the point is, is that you no longer need to know anything about crypto. In the app itself, you can just click the buy button and make it happen and not worry about how it works. And if you don't want to think of it as money, you just want to think of it as your your podcast rewarding fun tokens like... Uh, like it's fucking webtoon or some shit. Like, yeah, give me your little coins. Whatever. Whatever you want to think of it. You can stream Satoshis. You can send us a boostagram. You send us a boostagram, we'll read it out in the air. We didn't have any read today, or if we did, I didn't look. Sorry. We'll get them next time. But um, yeah, I better start editing this fucking episode. It's getting long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See you next time. <laughs>